song. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. <laughs> Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. And I'm here. Well, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. But you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough. The Rundown. Benvenuto Power Bottoms, welcome to Teletime. <laughs> I'm your host, Troy. If you're hearing me, that means that Adam is taking the night off. He uh, needed to recharge his batteries a little bit, so uh, get some rest, buddy, and we'll see you next time. But thankfully, I'm not alone, because joining me today, the man who has been on the most run-on episodes, I think, ever, Sal is here. Ah, how did I get that distinction? <laughs> Hasn't Adam been on more? <laughs> oh, he left for a while, but... That's true. Uh, to to me, this podcast didn't start until I got on, so... That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it was like a good year and a half. It was just me and Adam and everybody else was off, so... I wasn't oh, even yeah. part of the show at that point, but I do remember those days because... He would text Troy and he would text um, Andy and everybody would be like, "No." Sorry, the most cons- the most consistent to have in the show. past year. Yeah. And joining us as well, Jason's back. Hi, Jason. I am back. It's been uh, been a couple weeks, but lots of stuff going on in the world of wrestling and in my life. So it's been been a good time. All right. So. Uh, it's been a little bit, so before we get into what we've been doing, um, we do have to go ahead and start this episode off with some condolences as we found out that Michael Jones, known professionally as Virgil or Vincent, depending on which company he was in at the time, did sadly pass away uh, yesterday, uh, the 28th. Um, He had been battling um, a a lot of different health issues. Um, Obviously, he had um stage two colon cancer um he had suffered two strokes in the past and he had been diagnosed with dementia now his cause of death hasn't been made public but i think you can kind of assume it was a lot of those health problems that he was having but um so sad news um for the wrestling community um yeah they so what i think uh, i think all of us share kind of the same uh, like memory of Virgil, the obviously the turning on Ted DiBiase was such a huge moment in his career and, and kind of put him on the map. But is there anything else that you guys sort of remember about uh, about his career? Um, oh, you, you mentioned the turning on Ted DiBiase. I, I remember that Roddy Piper was the one that took him under his wing mm-hmm. under that thing, and they did some videos and vignettes of them training together that was funny. But I remember. I, I'm probably the oldest head in terms of wrestling longevity on this show. So I remember I started watching wrestling 
somewhere between WrestleMania 4 and WrestleMania 5. So I remember coming in and not really knowing the Million Dollar Man or Virgil and sort of, who the fuck is that? That dude's jacked behind that guy. Why is that guy not fucking wrestling? Um, and then we found out why later. Um, you know, the guy obviously had his problems and, uh, you know, he wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but he managed to, he must have been friends with enough people that he managed to continue to find employment. Just sort of sucks that in the end, the guy's probably more known for being a meme than being a wrestler, but True. Uh, you know, seriously, R.I.P. and best wishes to the family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I understand that his career, you know, kind of fizzled out after a certain point, but but it's uh, a pretty red hot baby face at one point, especially with Piper behind him, and that's mm-hmm. right around when I started watching. Was right around that time where he was he was uh, going out on his own, and um, I, I was a fan for a little bit, and then they turned him into a jobber, and he got like murdered by Yokozuna, and like. Yeah. I remember being excited after his turn. I wanted to hear what music he was going to come out to. I remember his music being at least halfway decent. I liked his music. Like, yeah. Um. Nice. And I remember him. Somebody broke. Oh, Yokozuna broke his nose, and then he came out at WrestleMania eight. The mask, yeah, with the mask, and Bobby Heenan caught him the spotted owl. <laughs> but yeah, R.I.P. Because it sucks that he had all those health problems, especially in the past yeah, you know, five years, right. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually remember how most of the NWO Vincent. Um, it wasn't. Because I I came in sort of right around that time period of, uh, you know, right when the Attitude Area was kind of starting. Um, So I didn't didn't really know him as Virgil until later on when I started to consume more older episodes of things. Um, And obviously saw the the turn and and the reaction he got and things like that. But yeah, for me, for the longest time, the guy was just a, a one of the, like, jobber guys in the NWO that would run in there try to beat up somebody and then get his ass kicked so um but yeah you know bummer that uh, that he died but all in all you know pretty pretty good longevity to him and everything of like that so and in honor of uh virgil we should all hit the olive garden this weekend and get some breadsticks for real <laughs> um who were the other jobbers in that time period i'm horace thinking hogan no horace hogan oh, okay long. horace hogan brian lee Brian Lee job, and he was part of the NWB team at that point, right? Brian Lee. Scott Brian Flash Norton. Scott Flash Scott Norton. Norton. Yeah. Okay, maybe Brian Adams I'm thinking of then. Brian Adams is the one that I think of. Yeah. Um, Who else? Oh, my God. There was some others. We played a game not long ago where we ran through all like I mean, all the NWO members we could Bagwell eventually got a push, but originally. Well, he wasn't a jobber. I mean, he was a former champion at that point. No, yeah, like, no, he was. When he became. Um, buff? Yeah, but, like, there was a, another moniker he had when he was buff. I don't know. But. That was pretty much buff. Okay. Um, that was his peak when he was. Uh, oh, when he was with Scott Norton, they were vicious and delicious. I liked that, that pairing. I thought they were a good team. How are you talking about Buff Bagwell? What the fuck? No idea. So we're talking about NWO. We should, uh, we should pass along condolences to the more influential member of the wrestling community that passed away this week. Uh, legendary Minnesota wrestler Ole Anderson, brother of Arn Anderson, 
uh, uncle of Brock Anderson, the great mm-hmm. Anderson wrestling family. Why are you leaving me look, look at me like that? So I remember hearing that he was like really old back in like the late nineties, and he was like still kind of booking in WCW. So I honestly did not know that he was still alive. Okay. Um, at one point, the mouthpiece for the Four Horsemen in WCW, sort of, he was around during the J.J. Dillon era, but then once J.J. left, he sort of became the mouthpiece for the group for a while. Um, sort of stayed backstage after that, didn't really get out in front of the camera very much. Uh, famously did the voice for the Black Scorpion, if you remember that angle in WCW. I do remember that. Um, but, you know, obviously continued, I think, to work with training uh, wrestlers after that, so um, had a big influence backstage as a booker, ran WCW for several years, so uh, RIP to Ole Anderson as well. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, he's another one of those uh, gentlemen that uh, had some, uh, some racism to him. Uh, <laughs> just from other stories and things like that. I mean, again, uh, you gotta you gotta put it in line with the time, time period, frame. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he was he was not to justify died, racism, so. but there was definitely an era where that was what you were taught. You know, and, right? Uh, yeah, especially for him because he was born in '42, right? Which yes. uh, in the south, <laughs> in the south. No, he yeah. was born in Minnesota. Well, Minnesota, but Minnesota is a, is very southern in time, certain spots spots in there. Yeah. He was. Uh, I mean, he also he also served in the army. So of course you have that, that's, you know, that's right. on him as well. So, yeah, um, I didn't hear about uh, a cause of death on him, but I was 81. You can kind of assume it was either health or it was you know uh, old age. Yeah. But um, or yeah, Arn so, got pissed and shot him. You know, there's always that too. Um, I just. Uh, one of the things that I noticed as soon as it happened was obviously that they they talked about it on uh, on SmackDown, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think there was like, oh, Vince really is gone, because <laughs> there's no way if that dude was still around, he would have allowed, allowed them to even mention the name Ole Anderson <laughs> after <laughs> everything that went down with him. Mm-hmm. Did he have heat with Ole Anderson? Uh, Ole Anderson had heat with him. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, but. Yeah. You gotta remember that uh, Ole Anderson was the booker for it was not the not the Jim Crockett or American Wrestling Association. No, it was it was, was, it was Jim Crockett. You were right. Yeah, so he he was the booker for them. And then uh, in a there's going to be a, a Dark Side of the Ring episode on this, okay. but uh, essentially it's Black Sunday. Um, oh, I heard about that when Vince broadcast his program on Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yes, and it kicked them off the air. And that was a big thing. So essentially, Ole Anderson lost his job because of it. Now, obviously, that was the other reason that, that that's what started Ted Turner and turning around and buying um, the, what became WCW and going against him was because he got kicked off the air because of it. So a lot of what Vince had done, he you know faced some consequences for. But I guess uh, the night that it happened, Ole Anderson got in his face and uh, you know, a lot of words are exchanged. I don't think they ever got over it, at least we not publicly. So, 
That was that was the one Didn't that I remember. Did they put Oli in the Hall of Fame with the Four Horsemen? Yeah, yeah, I thought he was there. Was he? I don't remember if he was or not. Well, I mean, you have to, okay. As as bad as Vince McMahon is as a human being, and he is, um, he he put Gagne in the Hall, and and you know, that's the man who tried to have him killed. I suppose. So yeah, um, again, sad news there, but yeah. So, I guess that will bring it back to talking about some maybe <laughs> a little more pleasant things. Jason, what you been doing since last time you were on? Oh, been crazy. Uh, my son's been going nuts with basketball. Baseball is, of course, starting up in terms of practices. We just got our schedule, and god damn. Um, new program this year, and they take a lot more games seriously than we did but last year with the place we were at um but we last week i was not here because we were participating in a february vacation week basketball tournament um it's funny because the the travel team that i coach uh is actually a combination of us the town i live in and the town next to us so it's a hybrid so the middle school team for the other town entered their team so half of my players were not available so i filled in with kids from the middle school team in our town and uh we put together a nice little run we went undefeated won the championship and uh last game we were down four with a minute left and came all the way back and jackson hit the shot to go put us ahead for good so fun fun time for him and he got named one of the mvps of the tournament and got a little my big giant fucking trophy on my dining room table is my new centerpiece i guess because i don't know where the fuck else i'm gonna put it uh but yeah so that and and interesting thing happened because during last week i, I want to say it was maybe wednesday um my wife woke up and she said man my wrist is really sore okay and then she's like icing it and putting heat on it or whatever and nothing's helping so she went to the doctor turns out she fractured her wrist somehow no real idea how doesn't remember falling doesn't remember banging into anything just it's just fractured i said you keep telling people that they're gonna think i'm beating you that's the that's the battered woman story right there i just i don't remember something just fucking happened like i promise i had nothing to do with it just fucking weird See, my mind and went if, to what, who did she punch that she's not telling you right, about. Right. <laughs> then, of course, she's because she has to, works in a medical facility, she has to go through employee health to get cleared. And employee health will not clear her until she sees the orthopedist, and they won't let her in. They won't get her in until the 6th, which means she's got essentially like two weeks off of work. Wow. Thanks. So, yeah. Hmm. Weird, weird things, but... Other than that, everything's been good. Just work and coaching. So, what about you? What about you, Troy Haven? Uh, well, first, it should be noted that Ollie Anderson is not in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Okay. Uh, they It was Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, and J.J. Dillon. And yeah. Ollie actually uh, publicly said, or Arn said, that Ollie told him, I want nothing to do with those assholes. Nice. So that's why he was never there. So, yeah. Fair uh, <laughs> um, me, obviously, I've been off for a little bit. Um, I've been sort of dealing with uh, some mental health things. Um, I'm in a, a far better place now, but um, I'm somebody that I've been I've been pretty open with you know the struggles I've gone through. Um, I know that 
um, my wife had kind of talked to me about how I had sort of gotten complacent with a lot of things. Um, so I, I sort of needed a jump start. And um, so I've been, you know, I've been seeing a therapist again, which has been good, um, sort of working a lot of things, trying to be a better dad, better husband, a better person. Um, so one of the big things was um, to start taking care of myself a little bit more. And so I am in the past five weeks, five or six weeks, five weeks, I think five weeks. I've been working out twice a week. I've been eating better, um, not drinking any energy drinks or caffeine. Um, I am drinking a sparkling water today with zero sugar. So trying to get everything out of there. Um, and uh, so in October, I had went to get a physical for my job, which doesn't make a lot of sense because I work from home, but whatever. Um, and uh, I'll openly say it. I, I had weighed in at 260 pounds. And uh, this past weekend, I was uh, 224. So oh, shit. Working, on, working on getting down and, uh, you know, trying to be a little bit more healthy, a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I feel a lot better today. So last week it was, uh, it was a rough one, but I was, I was planning on being on until then, but it was just, it, it got to be too much for me. So I needed a little break and, uh, it was good. So yeah, I'm happy to be back on here. I, I wasn't expecting to be hosting, but, uh, <laughs> that's okay. I, I have no problem with, uh, with helping on doing my part. So yeah, well, other than that, Congratulations! Yeah. I think we're all really glad to hear you're in a better place right now, um, and it, and it's a good thing to and I applaud your openness about seeing a therapist. And I'm I'm a big advocate of therapy. I think it's great for mm -hmm. people who need it. It's it, there's some people who try to attach a negative stigma to it, and it's not. It's it's there because it helps people. So if you are in need of it, please go seek it out. Uh, the thing for me is after. Like I'm a, I'm a weepy bitch, so most of the time <laughs> I've always been a very emotional guy. But um, anytime that I've I've talked with uh, with my therapist, um, obviously uh, it's brought up a lot of feelings. So, but but <clears throat> after the, I'm done with the call, I feel so much more lighter mm -hmm. and in like such a better mood. Tired as fuck, but I think that's important. Uh, <laughs> but so much more of just like i just feel empty of all of that negative shit you know yeah, yeah. and that, and I, I think i think if you're if you're gonna see a therapist and you don't feel like that afterwards you might you might not be doing it right yeah, <laughs> you know sure. you should you like that's their job is to sit there and just be that person that can that you can just spot all that shit off of too you know and just get it out of you and, and be done with it and that's been a big part for me is just like letting go of so much recontextualizing some things realizing the like shortcomings that i've had in the past um and and realizing as well that in order to really like heal and be better you do have to admit sometimes that you are the villain and i think the problem is, is that a lot of people they don't like to, to put that in their head they'll always try to paint themselves as either the victim or paint themselves Every, as like everybody's the hero, the hero yeah. in their own story yeah right yeah so you do have to sometimes think of it as just like i was a piece of shit at this point like that, that was me being the bad guy and i i can dwell on that and, and continue to let it, let it fuck with me or i can just go you know what 
I was wrong, but I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to be better. So, so that was my kind of thing. Um, this past, uh, past weekend, cause I have kids. Um, we had, uh, my wife had gotten one of those little like air fresher things for the toilet that like hangs on the toilet, um, thing itself with like, a little plastic thing okay. and it has like a little air freshener on the thing. Uh-huh. So Sunday night, Mind you, it's Sunday night, so I'm already like, I have to get up at 5 a.m. the next day. She comes up to me, she's like, my toilet is clogged. And I'm like, okay, let me take a look at it. Like, I'm, that's usually what I do is I do all that fucking household shit. So I go over there and I start going on it, and my six-year-old, she's like, did somebody flush after the, after the handle fell in? And we both, like, stop and, like, look like, I'm sorry, what did you say to us? <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, the the air freshener fell in, and I was like, when did it fall in? This morning. It's like, you're telling us now that this happened. So, of course, this little fucking plastic handle went through the toilet and got stuck at the, right at the bottom of the damn thing. So I had to, I, I got it enough where it, like, would drain out, but it's like, well, if you flush it, it's going to fucking overflow again. And I had like taken an auger and because I have like a fucking metal auger and everything that, and I tried working that, couldn't get it, didn't realize at the time that I was doing it, um, because the water was ice fucking cold because I live in Wisconsin, my hands were so freezing that I was bashing my knuckles into the bottom of the tank while I was doing it. <laughs> so I have some nice little little sores and cuts on my on my knuckles, which I didn't realize it. Couldn't do it. I'm like I was like, I cannot get I can't get to the piece like I can't like feel it in order to like pull it out or whatever that like it's stuck in there so I was like well she's like I guess we'll have to like call a plumber or something like that and I was like yeah okay so Monday I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm calling I called six plumbers in our area is this your yeah. only bathroom or do you have another one two we have two we have okay. one of the upstairs, so we, yeah exactly <laughs> um so we turn around or I turn around and I'm, I'm calling I said Four of the six places told me they straight up could not give me a quote over the phone. <laughs> They're like, we need to come out and see it. It's like, you need to come out and, and see that the toilet's clogged? Well, then they can charge <laughs> you a fee for coming out. I was just going to say one of the <laughs> One of the places was like, we'll charge you $99 to come out, and then we'll provide you a quote, and that $99 will not go towards the service on the thing. That's an extra charge. And I was like, ah, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> one of the places... One place was finally like... It sounds like it'll be about 190 bucks, um, but if we get in there and it's a lot worse, stuff like that. And I was like, "Well, fucking hell!" I'm like, "All right, well, let me let me think on it a little bit." So now I you know how Sal feels every time he has to bring the C-Max in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had to knock on wood. I have not had to bring it in for a while nice. now. So, so I wound, I wound up talking to uh, a guy I work with. Um, and uh, I had just kind of thrown out there of like, oh, this is what I'm dealing with over that. And he's like, he's like, I remodeled my house. Like I've I've taken off toilets and and put new ones back on. He's like, I can swing by after I'm done with work and check it out. And I was like, well, hell yeah, man. Like I want to do that. And he's like, all I need is just like a like a 12 pack of beer. So, <laughs> mind you, this was this is the first time in two years that I purchased alcohol. <laughs> AKA Wisconsin currency. Go ahead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So it felt weird after two years of going to a gas station buying a fucking thing of beer. Obviously, it wasn't for me, but it was still odd because I haven't drank in a long time. So he comes by, pulls the fucking thing off, lifts it up. I pull the little plastic thing out, puts the thing back down, look at a split, 15 minutes, all good. Now it cost me was 12 bucks for a low 12 pack. <laughs> so, so I was, I was happy about that, but it was like, it's like, wow. But, but now that I've done it or that I've, I've helped him, I was like, well, if that happens again, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I can do it myself. Yeah, <laughs> Not that true. hard. You know, the guy, the guy pulls the thing out and goes, what the fuck are you people eating over here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, he, he had said to me, he's just like, he's like, I have boys. He's like, you're lucky you have girls. He's like, cause boys will just fucking piss all over the walls and shit like that. He's like, so I don't think, I'm like, well, I still have girls and they're not, <laughs> not clean either, but I'm like, we'll see what happens. But yeah, so got all that taken care of and now we're shitting like a champ downstairs. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and also yeah, the, the you... other difference is that boys will flush shit down the toilet just for fun. As, oh, as my neighbor's son did, um, that cost <laughs> them a lot because he was flushing his action figures on the toilet. Oh, jeez! Wow. He was like, he's like six. <laughs> we see. I never had that problem with Jackson, so thankfully, good luck. We got into that. Yeah, I know. Clearly. Yeah, this was the first first thing that we've had flushed on the toilet that we had to like retrieve. I don't think there's really been anything, not that I've noticed at least, nothing else has gone. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else is stuck, I should say. Everything else has gone straight to, through the sewer, so. Yeah. What about you, Sal? Oh, man. It's been a crazy, busy couple weeks. I am this week finishing up um, my college degree. This is the, cool. this is the end of Congrats. the semester. My official commencement date is something like April 8th, and then there's a ceremony on May 5th, so... Nice. It, uh... Nice. It, it's crazy to me, because it, it... For the longest time, I never thought that finishing college was even a thought or a possibility, because I had attempted it when I was a lot younger, and it went horribly wrong, like... They wanted a bunch of money up front, and it just it was a whole thing, and nobody would give me financial aid. Mm. So, the fact that I'm actually completing this degree is is kind of wondrous. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy about this, but it's also like a huge relief. Like, wow, I, I fucking did it. It's done. I don't have to fucking do this shit anymore. In fact, it's an accomplishment. You should be proud of yourself for. Mm. I, I am. In yeah, fact, sure. on the final project of this semester. I ended up getting a B plus, and she's like, "Oh, if you do this, this, and and the other thing, you and you know, and resubmit it, I'll, I'll see if I can give you those extra points." And I'm like, "Why would I do that? I'm already right. getting an A in the class, even with this B plus. So I'm good. I think I've done enough work." <laughs> but um, yeah, it is pretty fucking crazy that this is it. I have one more fucking reflection term paper to write. And I'm literally gonna just bullshit the hell out of it because it's worth 20 points of my fucking thousand point grade, so I really don't care. There you go. Right on. And now I gotta cool. start thinking about after graduation. Okay, so now I have a degree. So now what am I gonna? And there's there's a couple of people at my job who kind of might be able to like see what openings are available in other departments and stuff like that because it is beneficial to stay with the state. 
In fact, the union just uh, just uh, negotiated a new deal. And maybe go to a department you're qualified to work for. You mean like a department I <laughs> earned a degree in? <laughs> yeah, healthcare I mean, administration. It's, Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> as, as someone who got a degree when he was 30, I, I salute you on that. It is a lot harder once you get older in life to to do that, and especially when you have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I wound up having it a, a little easier because my kid was like still in diapers at that point, so it wasn't as bad as you having to trek your daughters around to places and deal with that and things like that. So, yeah, I salute you on that, man. Good job. Thanks, man. It feels like it's a celebration because I'm getting ready to go less than 40 days to the biggest event in wrestling history. You know, one of those crappy indie shows that are going to be on Philly that weekend. No. <laughs> nice. Because... Uh, no, I'm going to be on the road to WrestleMania, literally driving through fucking the George Washington Bridge. God help me. It's funny. It's not, not uh, being on the show last week. I guess sometimes it's, it actually is good for me to not be on the show because I get to listen more instead of sort of just having to process my own thoughts and, and interject mm-hmm. them. But it really is. Honestly, like, I wish... I, I love wrestling. I love WrestleMania season. I wish I loved WrestleMania season the way Sal does. Like the sheer joy when he talks about WrestleMania that you can hear <laughs> in his voice. Like it's it's really cool. It's fun as a listener to hear. It really is. It, yeah, for sure. And I and I've started a new rundown drinking game. Every time Sal says it's the road to WrestleMania, you take a drink. I was fucking <laughs> smashed about a half hour into the show last it week. It was it yes. was the perfect storm for me because I had started watching at SummerSlam the year prior when I was a kid so that when I got to my, you know, watch my first WrestleMania, it was in retrospect, it was a crappy WrestleMania, but for me, at eight years old, it was like the best fucking WrestleMania in the world, so and then every, it just stuck because they made a big, they were, trust me, there were years I was not excited about it, 32 <coughs> But for the most part, they, they've made it a spectacle. So yeah, as a wrestling fan, I get super excited for it. Mm-hmm. Especially this year because they're going to finish the greatest story ever told. But more on that later. <laughs> there was something on TV the other day, and it didn't feel like it was that old. And then they said it was WrestleMania 19, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Nice. Twenty-one years ago. Yeah. I remember what it was, but like. Fuck, I remember watching it. Like, God damn. I'll never forget that night because I was convinced that Brock Lesnar almost paralyzed himself. <laughs> was it the shooting star press that no, he fucked up? the out? shooting star press. And I, nice. I was watching it with my co- a couple of my cousins, and I remember be- we were all like, oh shit. <laughs> it's funny how those things stick with you. I mean,. The uh, the Sid Vicious leg break has always been one one. Well, that me. was that was WCW Sin, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, lucky enough to not see that until way later after it happened, mm-hmm. like on YouTube or something. Oh, I watched right. it live. I watched it live when Joey Mercury got his face destroyed. I yeah. saw that. That was fucking that crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, I remember Matt Hardy broke his nose when Jeff landed on him one time. Yeah. Remember that? Because because I was a huge Hardy Boys fan, and, and just watching the two of them get fucking decimated like that obviously 
like the the Triple H uh, quad tear was a, was a bad one too. Were you um, watching uh, when um, Austin broke his neck th- at that SummerSlam oh, yeah. with Owen? Yeah. No, I know you were, but him it was '97, I, so it's like a maybe. I I was I didn't know what happened, um, as I was too young to to see that something was wrong. Right. You know. Uh, it was just like, oh, he's, he's really fucking tired, and he's just rolling him around, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so I didn't, I didn't catch that one, but a lot of the other ones I knew right away. Like now, obviously, it, it would be hard for an injury to slip by any of us because we've all watched enough to know the signs and know, like even the obviously, like uh, the they hid the punk one pretty well, I think. Um, but watching it back again, you're just like, oh, there it is. Like. Yeah. He's he's crawling off camera and talking to someone. I wonder yeah. what's going on, you know. So, but yeah, I, I mean, like even the things like uh, when uh, Pac broke his leg against Jericho, it was like uh, something's not right. Oh, <laughs> like, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but like I said, those some of those ones just they fucking stick with you, man. Um, and and you you just like, <laughs> but yeah. So hey, um, we got uh, a good amount of things to run down. We have obviously the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view from Perth. We have Revolution predictions to make, but we also have some uh, some weekly programs here. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to talk about with SmackDown that was pre-taped? I didn't really. I have just anything. had one quick thing. Yeah. WWE. If you are going to change someone's music, don't debut it on Monday. Then have a taped show Friday with the old music uh, before a pay-per-view Saturday with the new music. Okay, there that's why I was confused. Because I watched SmackDown on Friday and I went, what is Troy talking about? Sounds like the exact same music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe they removed the, the flashing bulb uh, camera sound, but that's about it. And then on Saturday I was like, oh, eh. <laughs> I understand if you're you're trying to phase out like CFO dollar sign songs. I I get that. Yeah, but we're far past that at this point. <laughs> but you literally took a song that I forget their fucking current assholes that do it or anything like that. Um, some losers. You you literally took a song that they had done for Tiffy and replaced it with a different song they did for Tiffy. Like that doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Why did you do that? Like there was nothing wrong with the theme song at all and obviously like that's i know it's been a a pretty big point of contention of the fact that their music has been pretty generic and shitty lately um like there are a couple of of exceptions to that or however that but for the most part no no bigger indictment against them than the royal rumble with the women where nobody fucking knew who was coming out yeah um but this again it's just like you, it's not a not a matter of changing her music from NXT to the main roster because she took it with her to the main roster, so people she debuted on SmackDown with that that song, and now you're to, now you're changing it again. So people are just like, well, now who the fuck is this? You know? How about yeah. the fact that Damage Control's music still starts with Bailey's beginning of her theme song? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not, a little strange coming from the game I know he's not you know running every single aspect for, you know but he's a guy who's always 
recognize the importance of good music. Are you kidding me? Triple H always had, like, the best fucking music. Um, mm-hmm. But he also knows that it's a presentation thing. Like, when he was running NXT, people were getting really great entrances and really great um, music to go with their personalities. And now it's like, I don't know if he just passed on the responsibilities. Well, I mean, let's not... I mean, I, I think Mellows is pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's I mean, NXT. So on the main roster, why is he watering it down and just giving everybody, like... Not everybody. Like I said, I think main event talent gets good music. But a lot of the mid-card is just very, very basic. Right. Earn your good yeah. music, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's still, there's still a lot of good, good entrances. I mean, it, even Lexus King, I think, has a pretty decent entrance to him now. Um... You know, a, a lot of the a lot of the newer women coming up and everything in that too. Yeah, it's hard to sort of place their music with them right now, but I think I think they're doing okay. But it's not like it was in the past with NXT, where obviously like Shinsuke and fucking Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin, and the guys that had like songs that you instantly knew who the fuck they were. You know, Gargano. Yeah, Bobby Roode. Yeah. So, uh, even as much as we made fun of it, as soon as you heard "I'm here to show the world," you knew who yeah. was fucking coming out. That's you know, true. right? I hated yeah. that fucking song, but you're right. I'm <laughs> an ass man. Now it seems like most of the songs are one line delivered by the wrestler, then generic music after that. Right. And it's it's not a good recipe for a song. But they also like, I, are kind of shooting themselves in the foot because they keep like the the veteran songs the same so we keep mm. getting reminded how awesome the songs used to be right. speaking of which now that drew is a heel can we go back to broken dreams please i think apparently music some, would be good apparently someone asked him about it and he said stop taking me take take triple h he's the motherfucker that works here that's fair <laughs> all right so that's all i had from smackdown uh, the only All other right. thing I have from SmackDown is it was a very funny segment with uh, Logan Paul, uh, Grayson Waller, and Austin Theory, where they were backstage admiring how they looked. They were just going on about how awesome they all looked. And Kevin Owens shows up, and he's like, really? that That's what you guys do with your time? Just... <laughs> okay. And then he left, and, they were, and Logan Paul was like, why didn't we just jump him? And Grayson Waller was like, oh, did you want us to? And he's like, "It's yeah. too late. It's too late to get it." Nice. My my favorite moment of the entire wrestling week was watching the. I know probably nobody else watched the pre-show for Elimination Chamber, but I happened to do it because I wanted to see the reception for Indy in Australia. Yeah. Um, but nothing was better than Kevin Owens' arrival at the arena, full on holding a koala as he's walking in. Yeah, I saw I saw a couple of different uh, things with them. The, something about Ellie Knight was holding one, and then I think Drew McIntyre like tweeted at him something of the some disease that koalas carry. <laughs> so just because that motherfucker is so good on Twitter, if you're not following Drew McIntyre on Twitter, he's he's almost Dijak levels of good in terms of terms of some of the shit he does. Um, yeah, so the. We had, we had the predictions poll. We had we had four matches. We did not have the the pre-show match yet uh, by the time that this went up. But uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae did in fact lose to the Kabuki Warriors, um, so they retained their titles. 
But it was nice that they found a spot for India on the show. Yes, for sure. Um, you knew at least one Australian was going over because obviously uh, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax are facing each other and they're both Australian. I was just um, going to say that. <laughs> but yeah, um, so a, a big shout out to the people who participated in our, our predictions thread. Uh, Professor Bruno Tomas, Fetus Rhodes solved racism but hates Samoans, Ginger Laurinaitis, English Jord, Dr. Glashen, Sal, myself, Adam, Jason, Jackson, and Lord Lindsay. So thank you to uh, all of those individuals. Um, later on tonight, if you want to go ahead and put your predictions in for Revolution, you can. Or if you don't know what the fuck AEW is, that's fine. You don't have to do that either. So we started off with uh, Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. That was the main event. Uh, that was not where we started at all. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. It started with the women's sorry. elimination chamber. I have it backwards, sorry. Yes, we started with the women's elimination chamber. Um, so this one here, we had everybody except for Ginger and myself picked Becky Lynch to win. Uh, I picked Raquel Backwiedekes, and Ginger picked Bianca Belair. Um, See, that's so strange to me, because to me there were only two options. It was either Becky or Liv. And I think, Sal, you and Adam touched on it last week. I think Liv was the only other one that I went, "Mm." Mm hmm. But But no, because... And this is one of those cases, and I talk about it all the time, and I'm going to shit on AEW later, and I'm going to shit on WWE right now. I fucking hate when they do this shit, where they start booking an angle before the number one contender's Mm -hmm. match takes place. Mm -hmm. It ruins... It ruined the Elimination Chamber. I knew Becky was going to fucking win this thing. There was... And they did the same thing with the Men's Chamber. Yeah. But stop doing that shit. Just fucking stop it. So the problem... Until the Elimination Chamber match is over to start the feud between these two people. The problem is they're trying to... You know, kind of like give the crowd hints at where we're going, and hints are fine. Fuck like when, that. Like no, but like when when I'll give you an example. When Becky and and um, Rhea ran into each other back when Becky was NXT champion, and they just happened to see each other backstage at Raw. That's fine. That kind of hints I don't mind. But when they're literally jarring off at each other at the special WrestleMania press conference, and they're like, "I'm going to fight you at Mania." <laughs> you haven't earned that yet, but. Okay. Well, hell yeah. yeah. The night after WrestleMania, Bianca had a stare down with Rhea, and everybody's like, "Ooh, this is your WrestleMania match next year?" Nah, not so much. Yeah, no. that's true. <laughs> at, least, at least, yeah, at least with Belair, you're like, hey, it's possible. But the fact that we laid so heavily into Becky Lynch saying like, "I need to win this match because I need to win that title," and like the numerous times that they interact with each other, yeah, it was too much um, already. When I felt like you could have instead focused on like Tiffy and, and Becky and sort of had that storyline going together heading into the chamber and Raquel and maybe Liv or you know or Bianca or something you have so many do the fucking feuds with the people that are in the match right. don't do the feuds with one person that's in the match against the champion right yeah, that's that's that. three of the competitors in this match already had a built in feud with Rhea but we've already sure. told you that Becky is the most important feud, so right. fuck Raquel and fuck um, Liv, I guess. <laughs> we definitely had, and, and we found out later that uh, Raquel's MCAS had flared up during this trip. Yes. But 
I had during the match figured that would ha- that's what had happened because as soon as she came out, you could see heavily makeup like everywhere. Yep. Um, so it became pretty clear, and you know, hopefully everything works out for her. Um, but to me, the takeaway from this match was Tiffany is a fucking star on the main roster. She had to carry that match, really, when you think about it, as the only real heel in that match. Mm-hmm. She was the only one with heel heat, and she worked the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, so good on her, and I thought she was going to try to do the fucking moonsault off the top of the pod, and I'm glad she didn't go that fucking far. Yeah. But she did do some pretty impressive fucking shit. And by the way, spoiler alert, and I hate to do this, but prepare yourself because we're going to get a little bit of time of Tiffany carrying around a pink briefcase, I think. Could be. So, one of the things that uh, um, that we love to do here is to call out the hypocrisy that Dave Meltzer brings. And he had talked the longest time that like, oh, people in NXT are down there for too long. And, we, and we've and we sort of backed that up too of like, that does happen from time to time. Tyler Bate. Yes. There are, there are people down there that just sort of kick around for a while and then they kind of lose a lot of things that are special. Tiffany had a great run in NXT. And made, yeah, she's been there for two years. He was immediately like, she was done over too long. It's like, motherfucker, she didn't wrestle before she was on NXT. She's only been wrestling for two years. So, yes, she was down there an appropriate amount of time. And and at the time, I don't think any of us drew the parallel, but the perfect booking of Tiffany's departure from NXT, and we talked about how weird it was that they sort of did that last thing with with Fallon and blah 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 her first match as a professional wrestler was Fallon Henley her last Mm. match at NXT was Fallon Henley yeah so I think that she had the exact run that she needed Mm -hmm. and when you watch her in this elimination chamber match I think you you really get a sense for the fact that like oh yeah she was ready I mean as soon as she came into this match she did the fucking like flip over uh, over a slam with Becky Lynch and then runs over and does it to fucking Naomi and, and like, works yeah. the crowd perfectly throughout the entire thing um, and we'll t- we're going to talk about like I said I got I got some shit for AEW in a little bit but <laughs> at the end of the day people and, and some of the AEW fans on social media and I've taken great pleasure in just fucking with them a lot lately um, but the one thing oh they got the Mercedes is coming Mercedes is- listen Nobody on this show is a bigger fan of Mercedes than I am. I actually worked with the girl. Mm. She's mm-hmm. fantastic. We can discuss the viability of her as a ratings draw later on. But if you're a WWE and you're looking at financially, the numbers that we're hearing she was asking about, and you take a quick look down in NXT and you see Jada Parker and mm-hmm. Fallon Henley and Kiana James and all these amazingly talented women who are good at their gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to overpay for somebody you've already had? Yeah. Somebody that you have to 
interrupt other plans in order to put right. her, insert her back into and, the main events. And, and if it works out and you can get her and, and she's happy and you're happy, great, but let Tony Khan overpay for talent because you don't mm-hmm. need to at this point. Yeah. You have the pipeline. That's the point of NXT. Also, besides the current crop of NXT uh, amazing wrestlers, when Mercedes left the company, you had already established Bianca as a huge star. Now Ooh. Rhea's a huge star. Yeah. It's... Why? I mean, these girls are going to look to get paid, too, at some point. Like, Yeah. And they well-earned. They've already main-invented manias. But, like, but I mean, we, we can sit here and we can say Tiffany is going to be a huge star on the main roster. I have every reason at this point to believe Jada Parker is going to be a huge star on the main roster at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, like, you got girls like Bianca and Rhea who already are. And they're a lot younger than Mercedes. Yes. But, but keep in mind, like... and I think, I think the thing that people forget is that the longevity of women's wrestlers is nowhere near where it is for men. That right. that That is a much shorter career lifespan. So why are you grabbing on to the end what, what's probably the I don't know she's still the not back like end. old it's old, the but, back end though right we're, we're probably past the prime that doesn't I'm not saying that to say she's not still amazing in the ring because she is but we're probably past the best of the best years right yeah we're mm-hmm. probably getting to the point where in the next five years she starts saying why am I taking all these fucking bumps and that's just whereas, reality like, right. Where, whereas you have all these amazingly talented young women who need spots on the roster to show how amazingly talented they are when they get up to the main roster and we always know. talk about how bloated that roster is because you call up these NXT talents and there's no place to utilize them so I, I think yeah. Tiffany's a great example of why they didn't go balls to the wall to sign Mercedes the way AEW did and right. plus you Plus, she's only she only worked five matches last year, yeah. right? Because she's been injured for so she long. She has a long, lot of lot of injury. History. I was going to say that her yeah. injury history doesn't bode well for the long term. Her, her injury history, her injury history, and her her need to take time off for mental health has been an issue for her too, in terms of mm-hmm. being reliable as an in ring performer consistently. And good yeah. for her taking care of her issues, but of course. Yeah, but exactly, it is know, time away from the show. And then also. All we've been saying for the past five years is, well, they they put too much time into the four horsewomen in that division, and there's other people, mm-hmm. and they're starting to give other people a chance. But it took Mercedes leaving, it took Charlotte being off TV, it's you know, there's only so many spots, and even still, both women's title matches are uh, the challengers are four horsewomen, so right. But Bailey's yeah. never gotten this opportunity. No, so not like sure. this. So no. I am, I am super excited for that. But like no. Becky, here, you know, we're right back here again. But that, I have some thoughts on that, and we'll get to that later. Right. You look at it again. Tiffany is eight years younger than Mercedes. She's twenty-four. She's had a grand total of seventy-three matches. Nothing. Now, when you watch her, you would not think that this is a woman who has under a hundred matches to her in her belt because she is that good and that talented. And we will talk about it too with Logan Paul as people that get it yeah. like they, they understand this business inside and out and Tiffany is somebody that understands it inside and out like the the like you said work in the crowd was was a big thing it's just like 
that's not something that you can always organically do. That's not something that you always always have like within you. Like she understands like I'm playing to a crowd, you know. And, and, and while she is not on Mercedes level in ring at the moment, mm-hmm. I will go on. I, I listen. I've said she has many wonderful talents. Uh, Mercedes not a great promo. Tiffany no. is. Grab the fucking ukulele, man. My you sucks. My you sucks. Remember that's her. That's her without a writer. Right. <laughs> but now um, she'll have Jen Pepperman, so it's all. Yeah. Good. Now she'll have. <laughs> Have the person that's a complete racist and named a lawsuit. Yep, perfect. Um, I will say the one last thing on Tippy, over as fuck with this crowd. Oh yeah. Okay, like, so that they... could be a, an issue going forward because if you were to pair her up with somebody like Bianca, I don't think you want Bianca to get booed, but she will get booed if she goes against Tiffany, it seems. I don't think they care about that stuff as much as they used to, honestly. No. Okay. No, I don't think they care as much. As long as... I think Triple H understands more about getting a reaction than getting the reaction that they want. So that's why they, we keep we keep having these fucking stands. Hell, about, The like, Rock just got booed out of fucking buildings, dude. And they ran mm-hmm. with it, though. But yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. So they'll adjust. Yeah. yeah. And I, it, I'd like to see them adjust uh, Bianca's character. It would be nice, but we'll see. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But they, they. I mean, it's t- been tri- it's been three weeks since she's gotten a title yeah. shot. Yeah, <laughs> Triple H has been good about listening to the crowd on things. I mean, you look at um, um, Dana Brooke, but the fucking people turned on her, and they were just like, "Well, we can't have her be a fucking face with that reaction." So let's go ahead and try to turn her heel. Oh wait, she's released. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, still so the, still the saddest fucking thing was to kneel <laughs> when she announced the elimination chamber in birth. Yeah. Oh my god, in front of my home crowd, it's a dream come true. Oh, An hour yeah, later, true. never mind, yeah, I just nice. got released. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. that was sad. Uh, that was <laughs> that was that was <laughs> so Naomi how gets started, how it's going. <laughs> yeah, yep. so Naomi gets eliminated by Tiffany Stratton, Stratton gets eliminated by Liv Morgan. Raquel gets eliminated by Bianca. Bianca gets eliminated by Liv. And then Liv gets eliminated by Becky Lynch. And the winner is Skeletor. Those last three fucking eliminations were very quick, too. Yes. I I do have a complaint about Liv turning into a manhandle slam and getting pinned. And that was the... She had just pinned uh, whoever was eliminated fourth. Yeah. Oh, Bianca. Bianca. And, And... she turns into a man, manhandle slam, and that's it. That's the match. I mean, we're not even going to get like a little five minute back and forth with her and Becky. Well, so so I think that's by design, though, Sal. Because if you watched on Monday, I, I think this is going to end up as a triple threat. It might. It, I think well, that's where we're headed. We'll see. Because it doesn't surprise me if they do nothing with Liv. But we'll see. We'll see. It, it's WrestleMania season. It's get as many people on the card as possible. Yeah. My my biggest thing, and I I know I talked about the last time I was on. I don't. I try not to comment too much on people's appearances, um, but Becky is definitely somebody who you sort of start fearing a little bit for, um, just because of the fact that she is so small now. She's so much smaller than she was before. She's lost a lot of muscle definition and things like that. Her face is very gaunt. Like she has lost so much weight from the, from before she had the kid, and. 
when you have someone who looks like her going up against Rhea, who's a fucking brick shit house, like all of a sudden, like the it doesn't look as impressive. Like as somebody like Bianca against her would look very impressive to you know incredibly you know um, built women. Tiffany, same thing. Even someone like Naomi, because of the fact that she has you know she's a little bit broader in the shoulders and, and a little bit more muscular. To me, like even Liv Morgan is a, is a small girl, but she looks like she's athletic. I'm, Becky, I mean, Becky, has, Becky, Becky's a good worker, but her money has never been the in ring. Her money has been yeah. her promos and her talking. But to Troy's right. point, the visual, like next week she's gonna she's gonna beat Nia Jax, and we're all gonna be like, yeah, okay. I mean, like, because Nia could squash Becky. It has very easily just this past Raw. So explain to me how Becky Lynch is going to get a win. But you would have been fine with Chad Gable beating Gunther, right? Chad Gable is not Zach Gowen. Chad Gable is like fucking tiny compared to Gunther. But he's yeah, got he's, definition. He's, he's, he's a smaller guy, but like yeah, does, I, I understand he, what Troy's saying. Don't throw these comparisons at the men. That's all I'm saying. No, but I don't think that there's look the women's roster in the WWE is not like it used to be. There are some very, like Tiffany, Bianca, they're very strong, athletic women. And mm-hmm. Becky... Dude, I would, be- I would venture to guess that Becky Lynch would run circles around you and weightlifting right now. Why are you worried about me? I'm talking about Rhea, Bianca, Tiffany. Because you're the one calling Tiffany. out physical like, fitness. I'm just saying, I agree with what Troy's saying. There's a little bit of a... It's, it's a disconnect when you see someone like Becky, you know... I don't know. I don't. I don't think I guess, that big of a deal with Becky. I, 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 I suppose I, for I, me, I just, heard the I don't. I, it doesn't affect my enjoyment of her segments. I think she's still fantastic. I think that she is. She has slowed down in the ring though because of it. I don't think she has looked as impressive as as in ring since since her return. She's ever super impressive in ring. She's she's got a handful of moves that she does and she does them well, but. She's not like fucking technical masterpiece of a performer. She's of the four horsewomen. I think she was probably the fourth in terms of in ring. Sure. I always thought yeah. Charlotte was better in ring. I always thought Bailey was better in ring. I always thought mm-hmm. Sasha was better in ring. Yeah. Becky was but- good on the mic. Becky had her. Becky understood her character in a way none of the other ones did. Right. And that. That was what elevated Becky to the next level because we talk about it with AEW all the time. Once I've seen a move, I've seen it. It's not. It'll blow me away one time, mm-hmm. maybe twice. After that, I've seen it. So it's hard for certain groups to to get over certain with certain groups with just your in ring. You have yeah. to do more, and a lot of people will gravitate more towards the performance and the promos and the character than they will the in-ring moves. But then you have somebody like Charlotte Flair who has it all, and she goes out there on a night one and she puts on a match of the year with Rhea. Yeah. And And she's not an option this year, so what's the point? But she lives up to that, like, she has the in-ring skill and the talking and the, you know, the presentation. She has it all. So. You're saying I will, I will see that Charlotte Flair comment and raise you. The women still hadn't main evented WrestleMania if it wasn't for Becky Lynch's promo abilities mm-hmm. and her character. 
You said back then if it wasn't for Rhonda being a part of this company, they would it was the combination of the two. Let's be okay, honest. Okay, I'll take that. That's fine. Okay. Anything else to say about that match? Uh, no, I I thought everybody actually looked really good. I didn't think there was anybody that came out of that match looking poor. Um, also, hats off to the Australian people who bought tickets to right behind Liv Morgan's pod and got to have that view for an extended period of time. Right. Yeah, no, all the girls did great. I really felt bad for Raquel after finding out like what she was going through. But best women's chamber match. Definitely. Probably. I mean, I can't think of any of that top it off the top of my head. I mean, in terms of establishing Shayna as a monster, her her chamber performance was fantastic, but the match itself Mm -hmm. didn't live. This was a significantly better chamber match. Oh, agreed. And it also established Tippy on the main roster. Right. So, yeah, it did its part. All right, that takes us to the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship as Finn Balor and Damian Priest take on Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. The New Catch Republic. Uh, this was a match that uh, only Jackson and myself voted for the New Banana Republic. Everyone else voted for the Judgment Day. <laughs> well done. Again, it's... So my my choices here was because I was trying to go on a limb to try to win, uh, I knew that we all knew what was going to happen with most of these matches, but I was like, oh, fucking throw out a wild card there and like that and this was the one match that i thought maybe maybe they might but probably not but maybe they might mm-hmm. um yeah so of I, course, I still think adam and sal's nightmare is gonna happen at wrestlemania unfortunately oh, oh. Fucking awesome no, no no yeah, no probably. i was the one who had a much bigger problem adam had a problem with it but i had a huge problem with it because there are so many good tag teams in the wwe right now i agreed but wrestlemania is about the story yeah, and the story of how you wasted Damien Damien Priest as the Money in the Bank winner—that's a great story. Who was the last Money in the Bank winner they didn't waste? Um, uh, well, Vince was in uh, charge. Eo. I meant from the men's side. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been good in a while for the men. No. no. And the, and that wasn't even well done, but no. No, who won it three years ago? It was theory last year? Yeah, and the year and before the year that, before it that was, was, um, was oh, it, no, no, that was that was twenty twenty. Yeah, that was twenty twenty. Oh. There was somebody who wanted in twenty twenty one, and I don't remember who the fuck it was. It wasn't oh. Drew, was it? No, no, Miz got it from Otis. That wasn't Corbin. Corbin was before that. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Um. It was. Damien Priest is here. Theory. Biggie. Biggie. Oh, that was that was good. That wasn't wasted. He that was a good title. one. Yeah. Yeah. Before that was Otis. Then he lost it to the Miz. Who then wound up cashing okay, in. So one out of the last four was good. Exactly. Twenty-five percent success rate. So. I thought yeah, Priest. Exactly. I thought Priest going in had a much higher success rate. Like I was figuring this was well, guaranteed a world heavyweight Priest's title. In defense, he's been fucking shut down by the fact that Seth's out and Roman's never there. Yeah. Right. That's true. So. Yeah, it hasn't been great for quite some time um, with the, the money in the bank. And even even though the few goes like the Oscar one, obviously there was extenuating circumstances on that. 
Um, Nikki Ash, like, yeah, she won the championship, but that was such a fucking failed run. Yeah. Um, Liv Morgan. Sure. I love Liv's cash. She, that was fun. She, her cash was really good, yeah. And she had a uh, run. She carried it yeah. through SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah, she had a run with it for a little bit. And then, obviously, U.S. Sky is the most recent one with that. And, and hers was good. Hers is good, and it's and turning into a, a WrestleMania story. So I, I don't think you can ask for much more. Right. So, yeah, this was that. But back okay. to this match, um, it was it was entertaining. Yeah. I enjoy the um, the double punch that that Bate and uh, Pete Dunne do now, where they both yeah. do like the bop and bang. That's fun. Um, I thought Finn. I loved Finn's urgency at the end of that match. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, Finn's pro. That's right. Baron, I fucked his fucking hand up, that was for sure. <laughs> yeah, didn't look good. Which I, I guess um, it, it works in terms of the match, but apparently when he did the, the coup de grace, he landed on his thumb and actually popped it out of socket then. So it wasn't even the Pete Dunn like finger breaking stuff, but it looked like it was the Pete Dunn finger breaking stuff. So it kind of like worked out like that. But yeah, that was uh, that was kind of gross. I don't really have much else to say about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure the crowd enjoyed it. Yeah, it was what it was. It was nice to see Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. But for everybody that you know wants to see some actual wrestling, those two dudes definitely put it on every time they're in a, in a match so oh and Balor and Priest held their own too they're not slouches mm-hmm. oh for sure Priest, Priest has turned into a pretty good wrestler as a compare especially damn good wrestler fuck when he yeah. was when he was like first starting out dude he carried Bad Bunny to a fin oh absolutely absolutely but I mean that's the thing seeing him um he's learned how to work a crowd now He he's learned how to make the match entertaining not just how to do the moves you know, yeah. Even his promos with like truth, where you know this isn't this isn't a jump in, this is an execution. Like I those know, lines, I, I love really his well promo with Gunther this past week. But we'll get yeah. to that yeah. later. If he could stop dressing like a bi vampire, he'd be. He did better, it. He stopped. Yeah. It was just regular. It was just a regular sin. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, Seth and Cody on the Grayson Waller effect. Now, see, here's uh, well, the problem. They do why? Why why did we fly Cody fucking Rhodes and Seth Rollins all the way over there to do this? Right. Nothing fucking happened. We got Seth saying he's almost cleared to wrestle. Yeah. And then they just beat up fucking Theory and Waller for a few minutes. And Cody, Cody challenged was, the Rock. Yeah, he challenged the Rock too. To a match any what place, had anytime. to be done at Elimination Chamber. Now you say right. that. What could not have been done at Raw on Monday that didn't yeah. require flying these fucking gentlemen all the way over to Perth, you, Australia? You say that, but I'm sure the crowd was very entertained by this segment. No, 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 no. They had. Let's not fuck with ourselves here, Sal. They had to do this because they had no star power other than the Men's Chamber match left. Yeah, there, there was, was no <laughs> Roman Reigns. They didn't have the Usos. They didn't have. Cody wasn't wrestling. They didn't have Seth can't wrestle. There's no CM Punk. This was this was the we know this show kind of sucks. Let's bring you these two stars just to, for reasons. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember who it was, but there was a video that, of somebody talking to a wrestler. And they were like, hey, Austin is Theory. Roman here? Austin Theory, yeah, that's what it was. It was like, hey, is Roman here? No, he couldn't make it. Hey, is uh, uh, CM Punk here? He's like, no, he's not here. Oh, no, 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 that was Finn. That was somebody on the beach ran into Finn ah, Balor. Was, yeah. Yep, Finn, Austin yeah. Theory was the one that they were almost far spot the reporter who asked yes, if it was that, Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, that, it, just, it just made me laugh on that. But yeah. I, I don't look at it as, I mean... I don't look at oh, it yeah, as wasting. Oh, yeah, the Undertaker's here. Yeah. 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 I don't look at it as wasting, like, Cody's time or Seth's time because I think that is still fun for them to go over there. Oh, it's cool. so fun for them to meet fans and stuff like that. But, yes, it is a little bit of, like, a, kind of a waste of a ticket to I mean, put them on a Seth, plane. And <laughs> for Seth, it's less of an issue because Becky was going. I assume yeah. the kid was going. In Cody's case, he has to leave his wife and his daughter to go do this. Right. I think he'd rather do this than main event all the house shows he's been doing for the past year, right? Like, you know. No, I don't think I so. Mean, he's got a bus. He doesn't have to. He can't take his fucking bus to Australia. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it, it, By the it, way, did you hear the story about the elimination chamber? About the pirates? Yes. <laughs> no, what happened? So they had they had packaged up the entire elimination chamber to ship it over by freight to Australia, mm-hmm. and apparently what happened was. Pirates would not allow them to pass. They were going yeah, to take the elimination chamber. <laughs> so yeah, they had they... to reroute, come back, and then launch from a different port. That would have been kind of It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't even it was like so they they shut down the Suez Canal. Um so yeah, they, they returned to to Florida, put it on a train, took it to the other side of the country and then launched from like California to break it all the way over here. It was yeah, it was fucking nuts to hear that. So it was like yeah. So if they ever change the elimination chamber on a fly to to like a cage match, we'll know why then, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause it was Paul uh, it was actually balls. Paul Burchill and Pierre Carl Willette. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right, so, <laughs> um, the men's elimination chamber. Uh, everybody Burchill except got the fuck his hot sister, right? That's true. Everybody except for Jackson uh, chose Drew McIntyre to win this one. Right off the bat, <laughs> before the match even began, just to show how much Logan Paul gets it. Oh, <laughs> so he's so he's in the pod. He proceeds to take out a marker, and he drew devil horns on his pod, so you could like look into the thing or right over that. Then he drew a big, like, circle man. Is like, that's Kevin Owens on a thing. Fat Kevin, he wrote. Fat Kevin, yep, which was hilarious. Then, like, Brandy Orton comes in for his entrance or like that, and he hops up on top of Bobby Lashley's pot or like that, and Kevin Owens is going, Bobby, look up! Bobby, look up! Look up! Look up! He's right up there! Look up! And then they, like, you can see Logan Paul is just going... And he's making fun of Orton's entrance, and it was like those two motherfuckers were the funniest part of this match, mm-hmm. just because of, of how they were doing. And then obviously later on, Kevin, uh, like Logan, goes up to Kevin Owens' pod, and he's just slamming his fucking yeah. head against the like. It was awesome between the two. Other than that, later in the match when Owens actually grabbed Logan Paul and started slamming his fucking head into the, the Kevin Owens thing that he wrote, like it's just fucking great and. You talk about buying into your character. The fact that Logan Paul is just like, I'm just going to play myself and be 
just that douchebag that's constantly looking for his next like viral moment. So I'm gonna do all of this shit, like him pretending in the middle of the match that he he couldn't move and Randy Orton paralyzed him. Like it's 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 so fucking good, and he's so good as a, as a heel. Because you're just like you're such a dick, Adam. <laughs> Look at how beautifully Randy Orton sold his back throughout this. Yes. Match, oh, you had people online being like, I can't believe they're letting Orton in this match. Like, it's such a detriment that he, like, like every move he tries to do, he's just, like, so hard. It's like, you're getting so fucking worked, dude, dickheads. <laughs> like, like, he's, yeah. Like, you watch too much AEW where nothing is sold, and they do, mm-hmm. you know, 85 Canadian Destroyers back to back to back. Like, this is what it's supposed to look like when it's done well. I'll do you one better. Everybody in that fucking match take a cue from Randy Orton. Because sure. it was a master fucking class. Yeah. And and he didn't have to physically do much to get the point across. Like, in other words, he's not falling off the fucking top of the chamber or trying to fucking do three power bombs from the... No, like, he's everything he did had purpose and meaning. And and like you said, you started to be like, oh my god, is he real? Is he okay? Is mm. perfect. Now I'm a little bit surprised that this match seems to indicate for Mania we're going to go with him and Logan Paul. And the only Maybe. reason I'm a little bit surprised yeah. is because I figured they were just going to re reuse the Kevin Owens story and just go with that for Logan Paul. Maybe it's, it's still to be seen, but. Yeah, Logan winds up <laughs> having one of the best camera. Again, so glad that Kevin Dunn is out of this fucking company because the cameras have been so fucking good. The like drone shot from the ramp all the way into the ring has been fantastic. So you have Logan Paul is like standing there celebrating, and out of fucking nowhere, Orton just RKO's him, <laughs> and it's it was done so perfectly. You didn't expect that it was going to happen. It does wind up being the reason he is eliminated um but uh so bobby lashley was eliminated by drew mcintyre la knight was eliminated by drew mcintyre kevin owens by randy orton logan paul by randy orton and then drew mcintyre eliminates randy orton now the the la knight thing yes he was eliminated by drew mcintyre but he was eliminated because another guy who literally flew across the world to be on the show for two minutes, AJ Styles comes in and takes out fucking LA Knight. So I guess we're going LA Knight and AJ Styles in uh, um, at, at WrestleMania. So at least that kind of set something up. But yeah, it was it was just like, wow, you uh, you really came all the way across the world just for that, huh? Okay, who's got the worst, uh, you know, the worst stay in, in Australia? Him or Bobby Lashley, who was the first one to be eliminated and seems directionless for WrestleMania? It's not directionless for WrestleMania. The Final Testament versus the Hart. Yeah. We're like literally already doing that and have been Street doing business. that. Right, but yeah. we haven't actually had the match yet. Right. And at least Bobby was in it for 20 minutes. <laughs> but see, to so me, this is the something. big difference with the men's chamber and the women's chamber. Because the men coming out of the men's chamber, you see directions for WrestleMania. Other than Becky, you don't have any of those really coming out of the women's chamber. Do you have nope. Bianca and Tiffy? Do you think that's the Mania program? I don't know. We don't know. Maybe because they had a little bit of interaction. Do you have? Well, I, well, I think that depends. Do you have something with Jade Cargill? Because Jade Cargill versus Bianca know. is money. But see, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. We don't. With the men, mm-hmm. we know where we're going after WrestleMania coming out of yeah. this chamber match. Yeah, you're going. Okay, Bobby Lashley's against Karrion Cross. Ellie Knight's against AJ Styles. 
Randy you Orton, know. Logan What's Paul. Kevin Owens doing? Who knows? Like, he's still got his things with uh, Austin Theory and, and Grayson Waller, though, too. That's possible. And they've been doing that for a while. But but at least you have, like, options on it. You you understand that, like... If, if Sammy doesn't know. get inserted into McIntyre Rollins, maybe Sammy and Kevin unite to take out Waller and... Yeah, exactly. Theory. You, you have options. You can look at Raquel Rodriguez and be like, who the fuck is she facing? Nobody knows. Like, oh, I, I take... don't know if Raquel's going to make... Well, I mean, she'll be on the car, but... I Okay, hear me out on this. What? Tell me if this is absolutely batshit crazy, but Probably. I'm thinking there's an opportunity to do at least five singles women's matches over the two nights. Obviously, you, you have... are crazy, and only because they're going to do, definitely do, probably, the Women's Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah no, I get, get that, but spots. what I mean is, I think there should be at least... Right, but what I'm telling you is that you're not going to be able to field a Battle Royal if you've got five singles women's matches. That's ten of right. your women's roster right there. Well, mm-hmm. you already have uh, two set up. You have Bailey and Io, and you yeah. have Becky yeah. and Rhea. And yeah. like you said... You're probably going to have the Kabuki Warriors defending their titles. Okay. Yeah. And then so I would I would think Bianca is high enough on the card that she gets a, a one-on-one match with someone, whether it's Jade or Tiffy, right? Okay. What if they did Bianca and Tiffy and they did uh, Naya and Jade? Maybe. Who knows? And the thing with Liv... Or Bianca I, you know, and Jade versus Naya and Tiffy. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that, okay. Even if it's a tag match like that, though, that's that's still a featured like storyline. That's not. Oh, just there'll be a good that. amount. Of, there'll be more than two women's matches on the WrestleMania card. Yes. I just, yeah, we're not AEW. The thing with Liv, though, I would love to see her get ads in that match. I think it's going to end up happening. They had another interaction on Raw where she that's was playing yeah. Becky for yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of multi-people people matches, and even even some of the, I those still those think singles Sam, matches. I still think Sammy could get added to Seth and Drew. So yeah. Because we've seen Seth and Drew. I think that needs something to be added to it, honestly. Yeah. Plus, a, Sammy was just talking about he's a he's a future world champion, stuff like that. So and him, Sammy um, getting his WrestleMania moment a la Kofi would mm-hmm. be fantastic. Right. Because I think we're well, all in agreement Seth is dropping the title at WrestleMania. Cause oh, for sure. The, this injury that he's had, I think, really put into to question like his longevity as champion. Because you're just like, even if he makes it through WrestleMania, it's the next title probably on Raw, be, then. Yeah, he's, <laughs> it's probably, he's still gonna get beat up, you know. It's either right, it's either that, he loses it at Mania no, no, or what happens the is Sami Zayn wins it at Mania and then gets cashed in by Priest the night after. Yeah, that'd and be then some Priest idiot. is a massive heel. That would yep. work for me. <laughs> All right, anything else to say about the men's elimination chamber match? Nope. Okay. Now we get to our main event. Uh, and the only match on our predictions poll that everybody correctly predicted that it was going to be Rhea Ripley retaining her championship, uh, the avenging babyface Rhea Ripley, because holy fuck did that was that crowd behind her. <laughs> yeah, but we knew it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so before we we do that, uh, Bruno, Fetus, Jord, Doctor Glashen, Sal, Adam, Lindsay, and Jason all had four out of four. I'll tied for first. Uh, then there was Ginger, who had three, and then myself and Jackson, who had two. 
All right. Ray Ripley versus Nia Jax. Um, obviously, the the reaction was huge from the crowd. She was super fucking over. Um, and then even even after the win, she went out to the crowd to celebrate. So she, they really did like allow her to be a fucking babyface in, in her home country. She's been a babyface even here. I mean, yeah. she's she's the member of Judgment Day that everyone cheers for anyway. Right. She's going to get cheers over Becky in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Probably at WrestleMania. Right. Agreed. Um, now, that being said, in the history of professional wrestling, sometimes matches become known for moments or moves or things that you see that stick in your mind that you never forget. I will forever remember the greatest stretch muffler in the history of professional oh, wrestling yes. in this match. They knew exactly what they were doing with that camera oh, shot. Oh, yes, they did. It was yeah. um, It was a culmination of a lot of different shots from that match. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I would give this... Uh, someone needs to win an award. <laughs> Whether it's the gear maker or the cameraman. The like was, I said, man. I thought the match itself was pretty good. I mean... I, I've said to you guys before. I think Nia is doing some of the best work she's ever done. I think, yes. I think yeah. in terms there was there was that one rough spot on the the Rana. I think, but other than that, the, her character work was great. The way she played off the fact that the crowd fucking hated her. Like mm. I thought she did everything right in this match for the most part, and I enjoyed the shit out of this match. It was a really well yeah. told story. When you can it's, have a match that I'm entertained by, when I had no doubt in my mind who was winning it all, then that's a pretty good match. Yeah. Like I said last week, Rhea was going to return the Conquering Hero, and she she took all the heat that a Conquering Hero would take and then make the comeback, and it was perfect. Yeah. It was exactly what yeah. it needed to be. This is one of those situations where you have you have two people like this. You have uh, Mommy, who's a, a big fucking powerhouse. You've got Naya, who's who's a big powerhouse. And they, they work the match like they should. You know the the uh, the agent knew. Yeah, they they knew what they were doing with the thing, and I I don't see that same care given in other places for women's matches. I see the, most of it is kind of standard, and then it, you wind up getting a lot of fucking batches botches and bad sites because of the fact that they don't think about the you know the makeup things. But this one for sure was like yeah, this was a fucking hoss fight. This was two people that just beat the ever-loving piss out of each other and it was great i really enjoyed it it was a good good main event too um yeah all in all yeah it was a good show by the way i mentioned uh earlier a bunch of the nxt women i should say i forgot to include roxanne perez in that list too because she should be coming up soon as well should probably go to anger management first you know what? But honestly, think about it. This is what they do before call up: is that they start to see what other characters you can do, what else you can mm-hmm. do as a performer, besides what your comfort zone is. What else mm-hmm. can you show us? So when we call you up, what else can you bring to the table yeah. if you need to? She does lose cannon very well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The promos need a little bit of work, but they're better than you know they were originally. So she's getting better. Yeah, promos, exactly. but the, the her in ring as a heel is pretty good. Yeah, and again, what is she like twenty two or something like that? Yeah, super yeah. fucking young. Like, yeah, you look at 
<laughs> you look at those things, and, and again, just to strengthen the point again of why you don't need to be spending all this money on 30-year-old women because you have a bunch of 20-year-old women, like Liv Morgan has, has, is over and still looking fantastic, and yeah, I mean, Sol Rucka is coming back soon. We just got a, got a promo for her on the NXT. Lyra, Tatum Paxley, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, Kiana James, you've got yep. Kalani Parker. Jordan. Kalani Jordan. Jordan looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, that that NXT um, roster is just loaded. Fallon Henley, yeah. you got Katrina Tia Hale, you got Jason yep. Jane, Gigi Dolan. Yeah. I mean, you want you want to reinvigorate the women's tag team division? Get Gigi Dolan and JC Jane back together. Right. Yeah, they have to end the storyline they're currently doing with the and 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 her bot. A re- remake Toxic Attraction with this Knicks chick, JC and, and Gigi. Yeah, yeah. That's again another an, another woman. We were just like, okay, <laughs> I'm yeah. sold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just fantastic. And you're starting to. And Nikita Lyons is still there, but she's a little injury prone right now. Um, Lola Lola Vice is there as well. Like, yeah, yeah there's just, Ariana. Oh, I almost did it again. Ariana Grace. <laughs> I do not like Ariana Grace. The yeah, but all the people you're naming. It, Easily the deepest women's division on TV. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's why I thought it was so funny when. I'm curious to see what happens if if Fallon Henley gets called up. I feel like she needs to. I I feel like I don't know where. I feel like she needs a repackage. I do. I feel like. I was just gonna say I don't know where her character. Sort of has a new gimmick coming out of their group. I feel like we're getting close to. Um. Uh, not Briggs, the other guy. Jensen having his own sort of mm-hmm. new direction. But she's still doing the same old thing. She's just softcore country. And yeah, it's not yeah. it's not great. Like you're you're a lesser version of Mickey James's impact or, run. Or or when she goes to the main roster, bring in Mickey James as her manager for a little bit. Or even a tag team partner, yeah. yeah. We know that. By the way, we're all we're throwing all this shit around. I assume at some point Alexa Bliss is coming back too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Pretty big star power to add to the roster as well. And Charlotte's mm-hmm. coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit, Charlotte might come back this week. I was gonna say injuries. Charlotte's gonna be a mania. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise entrant. And Bailey's corner. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't want anyone ever to question that woman again. Because the amount of work she's put in, the dedication she's put in to recover from this injury, like, tells you every fucking thing you need to know about her. There's one person <laughs> on this show that has never. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been I, nuts. I stood against the army for a very long time when it comes to Charlotte Flair. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Including Ginger, who I had to fight, almost came to blows with over that fucking topic. Yeah. At various times. Nice. Anything uh, that happened on Raw you guys want to bring up? Salbert. The Gunther segment was was interesting. First of all, he's getting a surprisingly and has no right to be as entertaining as he has been. Um, he's really like buying into everything, and and I love it now. Of course, this brings up all the rumors of a multi-man match at Mania for the IC title. I guess we'll see, but... Did you see the promo that they shot for Chad Gable? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
when he was Seek in. Seek uh, if you haven't seen it. When he was in uh, uh, Adam Pierce's office. No, no, there's a video package. No, there's oh. there's a video that they've made where it's like shot on different sites. And it's yeah. Amazing. All right, Seek I, have, I haven't seen, seen that it. yet, but he had a backstage promo. But in the Adam. promo was great too. Yeah, he he. Oh man, pulling on your heartstrings, just yeah. amazing work. I don't want Gunther. I need to be Gunther. And he, and he played it up as, as a father. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, talk about relatable. Right? Yeah. Um, I have, I this have might no be a fatal with... four-way or even a six-pack challenge by the time you get there. That's true. And I I have no problem with that because we have a history of the IC title being defended at Mania in multi-man matches or ladder matches than with that. So I'm cool with it being that way. Um I'd be awesome if they bring back the ladder match again because if you put Gunther in there against his main competitors right now in a ladder match, that fucking match is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of matches that were really fucking good, um, Imperium and the New Day, I thought, tore it down with their street fight. I thought they kicked mm-hmm. the shit out of each other. I thought it was it was fantastic. And hats off to the New Day, sort of almost passing the torch to Imperium because Imperium needed a big tag team win, and mm-hmm. I think this was this this was great for them. Yeah, not to not to mention uh, Ludwig looked great in that match. Yeah, uh, I think that was and actually Vinci got a lot of shine on him too, which he's been like the lowest member on that totem pole pole for a while, but he he looked like he belonged in there, and it was a much better showing for him than we've seen. With him just jobbing out and things like that, so yeah. What the new day has done to put over uh, Imperium, it's just that's how you do business. That's why this they have longevity. They know they get yeah, it. You know what I mean? Right. They they've never been afraid to to be that in that position too. Like they had so many tag team runs. They like they 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 were at the top of that division for what five years mm-hmm. straight, pretty Something much. Like that. Yep. So yeah, so it it does make sense for them to turn around like, well, we had Kofi Mania for a little bit, we had Big E as the world champion for a little bit. Um, now let's just kind of try to work on putting some guys over, and maybe eventually they'll do something with Xavier Woods, other than just having him there. But hey, he won the Woods, King of the Ring, yeah, which, then, which he said was a dream of his. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, obviously, if you threw him into the Gunther match as well and it being multi I think that'd be be awesome because he's another guy that you could it's another guy you could legitimately see you know maybe taking the title off of him so yeah there's a lot there's a lot but that was good yeah anything else um Uh, so we had Liv Morgan took on Nia Jax and um, Becky causes the disqualification then we see a spot later on where Liv starts screaming at her that I had her. I screaming at Becky, I had her. I don't know why you got involved, blah, blah, blah. So when I said I think it's going to end up a triple threat, this is the stuff I'm talking about. They seem mm-hmm. to be keeping uh, Liv around Becky and around Rhea, and I think there's a reason for that. I love yeah. uh, Liv being like, you know, not everything is about you. And it was just like, ooh. Right. Speaking of which, um, even though... We all predicted who was going to win the Women's Elimination Chamber, even though they've been telling us for two months it's going to be Becky versus Rhea at WrestleMania. The promo battle they had with Dom involved, that was really good. 
really enjoyed that. And maybe because Dom's been missing from Rhea's side the past, like, few weeks. Yep. But, um... I loved it. I loved I loved her being like, if your mommy won't won't put you in your place, I will, <laughs> or the man will. Like that was great. So you're confirming everything I said earlier. As long as you've got Becky with a microphone in your hand, they're going to make money off this match. This was okay. Here we go. Now now I'm hyped for this. Okay. Um, I loved later on Drew McIntyre during the Jays talking about how he got screwed out of winning his title by Jimmy and. Drew happens to walk by and like from the bottom of my heart, you deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> Drew is such a good shitty heel, he really is. He really is. hundred percent. Uh what'd you think I, of the the Heyman segment with all the Didn't security? like it as much as I did last year's. I feel like yeah, I feel like it was almost like, well, Roman's not here and the only thing I liked <sighs> is I liked when Heyman pulled out the phone. The second phone that had the Rock logo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call the Rock. It's like Paul. You know those calls. You can do multi-person calls on one phone, right? Like, right. right. <laughs> yeah, the, he acts like those phones when we call one one person. Right. It's like the bad phone. <laughs> the only thing I could have done without was um, not not with this segment, but um, Becky Lynch calling Dominic a kumquat was. <laughs> <laughs> dirty dumb quad. Dirty dumb is lame. I, was, I get his PG, but I thought it was like, funny. I thought it was funny. I picture Paul yeah. picks up the phone and goes, "Call Samoa the Anawai family." Yeah. <laughs> nice. By the way, right. Sal, it's the Anawai family. Anawai family. Mm-hmm. You, you seem to have some trouble with that last week. <laughs> as long as you're here, it's all it's all good. Okay. But, trying to trying to uh, explain Polynesian names and, and Hawaiian names to my daughter has been a lot of fun because obviously as as her being a fan of the dolphins, I have to explain to her Tagovailoa, which is <laughs> not an easy name to say. Um, so yeah, you know, it's that kind of fun. Especially since there's like an N sound in there when there's no N. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, anything else from Raw? Um, anything else from Raw? I... That's a no. I like so... the Seth, I like the Seth and Drew McIntyre, uh, back and forth. I thought that was really good. Obviously, we know Drew... Seth Drew. and Drew back and forth we've had for a while, though. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it to kick in another gear somehow. Yeah. So we had on NXT uh, another great ending. If you're not watching NXT, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's a miracle Idris and Ophi actually wrestled because the stands told me, "Oh my god, you need a performance center because all these guys are hurt like Idris and Ophi." No, no, he's no fine, fine, dude. So Rich stop, Holland, stop listening to fucking Melter. Yeah, you need to stop listening. If if it wasn't apparent by now. Triple H or somebody has found whatever mole was in WWE uh, and kicked them the fuck out. Right. Because the there is... With, with what you're about to talk about, that you started yep. to talk about, that I know. But before we even get there, I did want to touch on one thing that's less important than what you're going to talk about, so I wanted to get to mm-hmm. it first. Um, because you guys touched on it last week, Sal and Adam. Um, I love, 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 love 
the fact that the Good Brothers are down in NXT. Okay. I think this is a great fit for them. I think it's going to I had no problem hey, hey. them. I had no problem They are <laughs> They are going to take the tag titles off of Braun and, and Corbin at Stand and Deliver, most likely. And then they are going to hold those titles until the next big tag team is there to get put over. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is a very good thing for the NXT roster. I think this will reinvigorate that tag team division, which I think badly needs some some life now. Speaking of which, where the fuck have the Creed brothers been? Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's time, especially now that it looks like the family's broken up, you're, you've got a little bit of a hole in the tag team division, I think this is a nice little ad for NXT. Yeah, especially <laughs> And they weren't doing anything, and they can now... And, and it feels like over the two weeks that they've been there, they're not the club anymore they're they're going back to their more way, badass ways of the bullet club and that's yeah. that that is the gallows and anderson that i've been waiting to see since they came back to wwe and i'm glad we're starting to, starting to see a little bit of that well, i've been waiting to see it for like five years now so they weren't that in AEW either um but oh you loved sour boy oh <laughs> When you mentioned that they're going to hold those tag titles until the next tag team, is that next tag team somebody who maybe have associated with the Good Brothers in the past? I mean, it's possible, but I doubt it. You don't see the Gorillas of Destiny being in NXT soon? I, I, I don't know if they're going to bring Tango over. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, I I kind of like them down there. It, like I said to Adam last week, they are more entertaining on NXT than they ever were on SmackDown. And now that the whole thing with AJ is sort of blown up, now if Tama does come over, it would be interesting if WWE went full into it and put Gallows and Anderson and Tama and Finn and AJ all in one group. Mm-hmm. I'm down. I'd be there for that, like a full-blown badass bullet club where we're actually pushing them. Like, yeah, I'd be there for that. Yep, for sure. All right, so all right, go ahead, Troy. Sorry, I know you. Were, I knew where you wanted to go. I just what I was going to say was less important, but I wanted to say it. Yep. So Rich Holland has a mic, and uh, he starts cutting a promo, and the lights turn off. And then we get an answer to the creepy uh, text that we've been seeing recently. And from behind, somebody comes out of the shadows and wallops Ridge Holland with a chair. And immediately, you're just like, so fucking intrigued by this. Cause well, they, fla- they flashed the man with three faces messages, too. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like, which which I had said even earlier that day that like, well, there's a good chance that might be Tama. And then as, as soon as that started, I was like, I don't think that's Tama because I don't think he's on, I don't think he's in America yet. <laughs> like he just recently finished up his last date or like that. The man in the ring pulls off his hood, and it's Sean fucking Spears. And not only is it Sean Spears, it is Sean Spears. Yeah. Like they Jeremy. legit said. He's the chairman, Sean Spears, which I know it's another thing for the stands to be like, it's, it's the AEW presentation. Either it is either so these, e- yeah, either these guys made up their own gimmicks 
or Tony made up the gimmick. But I doubt he did. Yeah. <laughs> because when when Spears came in, this was the thing that he rolled with. Like I feel like I read somewhere Cody came up with the chairman gimmick for Sean Spears. But, and that makes total sense. And that's why, like, sure, you can talk about Jade and and how that might be Tony's doing uh, in terms of the, the presentation. The Cody presentation, he was doing that before AEW right. existed. Oh, for you a know, good the, three the years. Song, <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. So you see how, like, Brian Pillman gets got changed when he came over, and now he has a whole new presentation thing like that. So I'm not going to. Dude, sit they there and literally have Edge and the Hardys using the same fucking music and doing the exact same fucking thing. Exactly, and that's the hypocrisy that I hate about it because it's just like, yeah, you can sit there and fucking talk about like, oh, you just go to AEW presentation. It's like, yeah, and how many fucking you literally just had the Lionheart Chris Jericho on an episode. If his AEW presentation was so good, then why didn't Tony book him better? Right. Because Tony. Exactly. Yeah. You so can have know. all the fucking pop and circumstance on the entrance that you want. You can have mm-hmm. the fucking... Get- but if you don't know what to do with it, it's useless. So, so. I, feel like I, I feel like I keep saying this on this episode, but y'all can attest nobody on this show is a bigger advocate for Sean Spears or Ty Dillinger for mm-hmm. years than I was. When we did our... Years ago and years ago, we did our... When, when they were splitting the rosters, we did our drafts, and I was the one that drafted Ty Dillinger to make him Intercontinental Champion, to begin pushing him. I've always loved this guy as a performer. That said, I feel like this is sort of his last real shot to make something here. He's he, 43, he, so yeah. <laughs> he had, well, but what I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's like in the NFL. You're a quarterback, you get X amount of chances to be a starting quarterback, and after that, you just those chances don't come around anymore. I feel like he had his chance a little bit with Ty Dillon with the perfect 10 gimmick, and I feel like Vince just sort of dropped the ball with it a little bit. I feel like it was over, and he sort of just let it die down until the point where nobody cared anymore, and then they tried to bring it back. Um, then he went to AEW, and I feel like with the Cody thing, he was hot for a while, and then I feel like they cooled him off, and then didn't really do much with them and so i sort of feel like now this is the time where here it is it's all set up for you if you succeed great there's a spot on the main roster for you if you don't you're sort of out of chances to be in the big leagues guy right and that might transition to him being just a coach in xd which is fine that's hey that's a great gig he's a good hand you gotta remember that that him and Tyler Breeze, they own a wrestling school in That's Florida. Right. Yep. That's right. They, they own flatbacks, so it makes sense considering that and, Tyler and, Breeze is down in NXT you know, working as a his trainer. Wife is, his wife lives down there. She's pregnant again. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to travel. It's sort of the perfect gig for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's, he doesn't have to deal with the fucking bullshit that Tony has. Yeah, now, you, now you're looking at a guy who, in that one moment has so much more aura than he did in AEW. Yeah. Well... So, so there's one thing... I need to see more first. Yes, I will say True. you do need to see more first. Also, he himself does have a couple of memorable AEW moments, and I give him credit for them. Obviously, the Cody chair shot for the wrong reasons, but yeah. that was an impactful debut. And then right. I always like the shot of him in the room with 
the chair and then all the chairs around him. I thought that mm. was a good shot. Yeah. Isn't that during and, uh, Stadium Stampede or something? That was during the the one feud those, with the Pinnacle and the and the yeah. um, one of those like all over the building fights. That yeah, they have. but I liked it. Yeah. the The biggest thing is the fact that he's by himself. He's not a fucking lackey in some group right here. <laughs> so at least there's that. Yeah, it was it was a great debut. We'll see what happens after this with him, but I think it's it's great um, that he's back. And I think that he can be, he's not, he, he is probably not going to be like a future NXT champion or any of that because of his age, because of the fact he could, but just being there, I could see him being like a, Orbit's like a, a tag champ right now. That's true. He's a tag champ, though, not a, not an NXT champion. I don't see him knocking off Ilya Dragon off, but you know, strange things. You know happen. what, though, it doesn't matter. Sometimes the most interesting parts of the show are not the world champion. Right. And and, so, and and I like this um I like this story this time to tell because what did he say? He said, Ridge, you're lying to yourself and what has Ridge been yeah. doing? Ridge has been you know, I'm not meaning to hurt people, I'm just a victim mm-hmm. of the circumstance and right. yep. I think Spears is gonna drag it out of him. Like, no no no, embrace this. Yeah. Hurt people on purpose, yes. Yeah. I'm cool with that. And if, if Spears turns around and winds up leading a faction I think that would be even funnier. <laughs> if he winds up getting, he winds up collecting some of these guys and being like, "No, you're going to be the true you under me." Um, oh obviously, God, be his, like a new Ravens flock. <laughs> yeah, his his logo is very much Cody inspired, obviously with the, but, but um, so the fact that he's there, it's like, yeah, Cody finally got one of his boys back, and that'll be good. Now we just need Ricky Starks. Coming soon. Yeah. Who's not on the All pay-per-view right. this weekend? There you go. Yeah. Jesus. Lost the tag titles, never looked back. And lost the tag titles just so they could be in the main event with the Young Bucks. Not because yeah, it be- served any storyline purpose, not because no. just the Young Bucks decided we want our match to have the tag titles this time. Yeah. Well, that's a good uh, transition. I almost feel like I want you to read um, the predictions poll. Because I, I got it. Oh, I will. But let's up. before we get there, I got some stuff with AEW I want to talk <laughs> oh, about. Yeah, so, did you watch this week? I started to, and I fell asleep. So that tells you everything you need to know. Okay. <laughs> a couple things. A couple things with Dynamite this week, and and some just general thoughts because I haven't been on in a little bit. So, um, you guys have gotten a chance to chat about some stuff that I haven't had a chance to talk, talk about yet. But um, first thing. AEW cannot create a monster heel. Not because they don't try, but because their fan base is so... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Nerdy. That they fall in love with every really good heel that they get, so they end up cheering them, and then Tony has to turn them face. Mm-hmm. It happened with MJF. It happened when they tried to turn Brian heel. It happened with Moxley. It happened with Punk. It's happened with Samoa Joe. And it's now, right now, as we speak, happening with Swerve Strickland. He is the biggest face in the company right now. If you listen to the reactions on Wednesday night, he is by far their biggest face at the moment. I did catch The problem that with somewhere. that is he's not supposed to be supposed to be the one of their top heels 
Um, I did catch that segment. I like the fact that Swerve is is getting over and getting cheered. And I hope it leads to AEW's first black champion, black world champion. I hope it does, but but here's the thing, Sal. This is what happens in AEW. It's like, oh, well, fuck. Samoa Joe's doing great work. He should be world champion. And then, oh. I mean, I mean, yeah, Samoa Joe's fine as world champion, but Swerve Strickland, he should be the champion. And then Swerve gets the belt. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, but Osprey's here, so Osprey should be the champion. And then Osprey gets the belt. Oh, Omega's back. You got to do Omega. They can't ever be happy with a guy having a title reign. Right. It's it's as soon as that guy gets the title. Samoa Joe's had the title for like a month and a half, and we've already taken it off of them in their fans' minds. They already uh, christened. There's an argument that Samoa Joe never would have had the title had MJF not been injured. That would not have went that route if if MJF was healthy. You know what I mean? I mean, they could have put anybody in that match that they wanted to. They chose Samoa Joe. Well, if they, I think they wanted to put Adam Cole in that match, but obviously he was hurt. But if, if they had wanted to put the title on Adam Cole, they would have put the title on Adam Cole and Wembley. Right. But that being said, MJF was champ for over a year. Sure. And the whole time, everybody was talking about who else should be champ. But they didn't pull the trigger? AEW didn't. No, I'm talking about their fans. Oh, oh, forget that. Fuck that. And the way they approached this, it's like, they can't ever just enjoy a championship reign. Like, it's, we got Adam Cole had to take the title off of MJF, and then... Kenny Omega should have taken the title off of MJF. And then it's just a string. And now that said, with, with MJF, I don't feel like he ever really had super strong challengers for the most part during his reign. His match with Omega was a throwaway, just booked for a colli- random collision episode. He never got the CM Punk program he was supposed to get. Danielson like, was good. That's Danielson was, good. Yeah, Danielson was good, but that was about the most memorable match he had during that reign. That's fair. And that was, what, five months before he lost the title? Something like that. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, that's annoying. But <sighs> more annoying, perhaps, than that. Wait, well, uh, before you go to something else, I, I just want to point out, from that being one of the segments I remembered, uh, Hangman being quote-unquote hurt was the worst acted angle I've seen on that show in a while. <laughs> Also, hey, keep giving uh, Fightfuls uh, all these uh, press credentials and shit as they continue to publicly blow up all of your angles that you want to do. Might as well, right? Yeah, very, very clearly we had we we had Meltzer's show again that he's on the fucking payroll where he's like, yeah. oh, you got, he's hurt, he's hurt. And then your fucking fight will be like, no, he's not hurt. It's it's gimmick. It's like, I have a feeling that AEW was probably not too happy with that. And Paige probably shouldn't be happy with it either because it's like, you just killed my entire fucking storyline here. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of what they do. Uh, mm. We got Will Ospreay made his debut in AEW this week to half a, fill, ha- a half-filled arena and 822,000 fans tuning in. Sting's last Nitro... Uh, Nitro. Ah! Sting's last uh, Dynamite, as well as Will Ospreay's debut and they went down in ratings from the week before. Let's so for months and months and months, I've heard, well, we got Okada, and we've got Osprey, and we've got Mercedes, and we've got... They haven't figured out that you can add whoever you want, and it doesn't make a fucking difference. The problem is not that you guys lack for talent. 
that you need to go sign all these guys to bring the numbers up. That's not the issue at all. The issue is, was, and always has been how you book your shows. You book to the niche audience rather than the casual audience. You mm-hmm. do nothing to bring in new viewers. If anything, you alienate them. Ice Cube's kid, O'Shea Jackson, uh, did a Chris Van Vliet interview talking about how, oh, I want to like AEW. I really want to get into what they're doing. But it's hard sometimes because they bring in these talents that I've never heard of, that I don't know. And at the end of the day, it's hard for me to get into a match with a guy I've never heard of before. I have no idea why they're why they're wrestling. And the AEW fans ripped this guy apart. What, you can't fucking Google? It shouldn't be my job to tell the story. That's your fucking job. That's what I tune in for. I don't tune in. And Well, I mean, you just watch the great matches and appreciate the great matches. Sure, I can watch the Expendables and just see explosions, but they mean nothing if I don't have any character exposition or development or storyline to go along with those explosions. Otherwise, they're just fucking explosions. That's mm-hmm. what Dynamite is. It's just the explosions. No pun intended, but that's what we're dealing with. They don't want to tell the story. And that's the fucking problem with this company. And it continues to be. They think everybody's just going to get hot and horny when they do 17 Canadian Destroyers. I've seen them. I've seen better Canadian Destroyers. I've seen Canadian Destroyers that were sold like they were death. They mean nothing now. You've ruined the meaning of the Canadian Destroyer. So why the fuck do I care about anything you're doing in ring when you've told me your in ring isn't serious? When I'm watching Billy Gunn hit a finisher and a guy pops right up and jumps over the top rope, what the fuck? Tell me you're gonna focus yeah. on the in ring, then the moves have to mean something. They don't either. The stories don't mean anything. The characters don't mean anything. The moves don't mean anything. So what am I supposed to attach to in this fucking company? Yep. The handful of performers I actually enjoy watching, like Christian. That That's all I have to attach to, is the handful of people that I enjoy watching perform. And I will probably enjoy watching Will Ospreay and Takeshita at the pay-per-view this weekend, because I think it'll be a fantastic match. And I have happened to know both competitors and what they can do. But at the end of the day... You haven't given anybody who doesn't know them a reason to give a shit about this match. All you've told me is that Orange Cassidy is invincible. That's what I'm telling you. You heard my rant me, about that. <laughs> you're telling me we've got Mercedes coming in and this women's division is so deep and so blah, blah, blah. So why is Sky Blue, and I love Sky Blue, why is Sky Blue and Queen Aminata getting more telev- television matches than any fucking woman on your roster? Why? Why are we booking it this way? Why are we not putting a focal point on certain women who are at the top of the card and pushing them? Why? Why is it the women are only having more than one match on Rampage, your lowest rated fucking show? Why? Why is it that we're taking the tag titles off of Ricky Starks to put them on Sting? God God love him, Sting. 
But why are we putting the tag titles on Sting two weeks before he's going to retire? Why? Why are we devaluing the tag titles in the company that told me when they started, we're going to put an emphasis on the tag team division. And five years later, finally a tag team match will main event the pay-per-view. Five fucking years. And it's not about the fact that it's a tag team match. It's about that it's Sting's last match. And if it wasn't, we'd still be sitting here without a tag team match ever main event in the pay-per-view. Meanwhile, WWE main evented Wrestle fucking Mania with a tag team match last year. Mm-hmm. So which company cares about tag team wrestling? Right. This company has lost the plot so fucking badly. And this week was a great fucking example of it. The same company that touts and boasts and brags about having the Owen Hart tournament every year had a 68-year-old guy rappel down from the rafters. Do, am I the only one for which that seems like a little bit of a what the fuck? No, I was I was also had that reaction. Yeah, we we had we had seventy eight year old fucking seven times at death's door Ric Flair getting physically assaulted in the ring by the Young Bucks. Why? Are we just not going to be happy in AEW until somebody dies in the ring? I, I understand that the fan base is really into self-mutilation, and they mm-hmm. love their blood and their gore. But until somebody dies, did we not learn anything from Owen Hart? Did we not learn anything from Dr- Darren Drozdov? Like, yes, it's a sport where accidents happen, and there's a certain degree of risk. Why are we increasing it for shit that doesn't matter? Why? Until AEW, and and you can sit there and you can tell me all you want about restore the feeling. It's not Mm -hmm. the feeling that's missing. It's the plot. You've completely lost it. And then I see on TV today, on on Twitter today, Tony Khan on his pre-pay-per-view media call going off about how, oh, well, I expect a major rights fee increase for Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision coming very soon. Really? From who? Because Warner Brothers is hemorrhaging fucking money. Hemorrhaging. And firing people. And canceling projects. But you think the head of Warner Brothers is going to go, you know what? Let's empty the fucking war chest for the show that gets less than a million viewers every single week and hasn't shown any growth in five years. And let's throw a little bit more at that show that gets 300 viewers on a fu- 300,000 viewers on a fucking Saturday and the one that gets 200,000 on a fucking Friday night. Those are the shows we want to invest in. No. Where is this rights fee increase coming from? I've been hearing about this for five fucking years. Oh, well, the next contract, the next contract, the next contract. AEW is all about telling me what's next instead of what's here, what's right now. What's in front of me? What I'm watching? That's the only thing they don't want to talk about. All they want to ever tell me is what's next. I'm interested in what's right now. Yeah, we've also been told that um, the company would need to get a, a fee of $100 million a year in order to cover production costs because Warner Brothers does not pay production costs at all for the shows. 
that's super that keep it up. That doesn't even include doesn't the roster include, for which you're right. continuing to add huge yes. salaries to. Exactly. Bill yes, Ospreay like, has so. very publicly and very clearly said he's making seven figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Okada and Mercedes are not making seven figures. Right. So you, in order for this company to actually make money, you're probably looking at somewhere of two hundred to two hundred fifty million a year on a TV deal, and it's not going to happen. Not you just Warner don't Brothers. have not with Warner Brothers, not with pretty much anybody at this point, because you're not getting the ratings that that, that you know are required. You can sit there and boast all you want that oh we were the number one show on cable, you know for for this night or whatever that, but it's like yeah, but. If you weren't on, then the number one show would be The Big Bang Theory in your time slot. Right. So, yeah, it's just it's really and if you're to, Tony needs to stop saying that this is like the best period for AEW because it's not. I like no nobody believes you. You don't even believe that, and it just makes you sound stupid and desperate to be like, yeah, this is this is the we're we're doing so good, and and oh my god, like we're we're, well, we're hotter than ever. Like no, you're not, man. You're ice fucking cold. And that's the other thing. How can you constantly tell me you you're restoring the feeling? If you've been telling me for five years everything's fucking great and it's amazing and yeah. it's the best place ever, why would you need to restore the feeling? The right. feeling should never have fucking left. Because mm-hmm. you've been telling me everything's great, straight yeah. along. Sorry, I told you I had the AEW rant. I just can I, can I just uh, quickly couple of points about the AEW rant, and I agree with you on a lot of it. But just to to hammer home your point, um, first of all, when when someone dies in an AEW ring, the stands will defend it, mm-hmm. which is mind-boggling, but they will. They'll find some way to be like, it's not your fault. That spot where Darby Allen got hit by a car and flipped three times over, if the car had been correctly calibrated for velocity readings, then he wouldn't have gone so fast. Like, that's the type of shit they'll do. Well, and you you know that, like, if they, if it does not wind up happening, and they continue to show after that person's dead in the middle of the ring... Then you know they're just going to be like, well, this isn't the, this isn't the same as what when they did with Owen. Vince did you know, first. Yeah, yeah they'll come up with something. <clears throat> so that yeah, that part is about... disgusting. Now the other thing is that, um, G- Jason, can you remind me for a second? Like you know how Drew McIntyre changed and he he, he kind of morphed into this newer character. Um, what has he changed about his arsenal? Or how he wrestles? Has he changed anything with that? No, not, no, not really. I mean, he oh. might pull some tights or something here or there, oh. but that's. Now, how come? How come he's so much more entertaining than he was, you know, post, uh, yeah, during the Thunderdome era? Why? Why is he so much more intriguing? Oh, because there's character development. Hmm. Oh, because there's a reason that he's interesting now. Not only a reason, but and a we're legitimate telling a story. A legitimate, relatable reason. Yes! Because much like some of the best villains in movie history, Thanos is a great example. They all have origin stories. They have origins. No, no, but they have origin stories, and they have purposes for which you can go, and, and explanations for why they're doing the things for which, even though they're bad guys, you can go, 
kind of get it. Yeah, and their and and plus in their mind, they're they're right, and that's the you know that is relatable. Hell, um, so Marvel just had this series uh, come out on Disney Plus called uh, Echo, right? And I'm not going to spoil, but Kingpin is very heavily featured in that. And, you know, he has a lot of good reasons for being an asshole. It's hard to argue with some of them. There you go. So, so Tony has made it a habit. I don't care. And the other problem is, too, is, is in 2020 and 2021... He was getting buzz when somebody like a Rusev showed up, or somebody like a, a Malachi Black shows up. But you have done it so many times, and none of it has led to anything. That's lost it too. So you can keep talking about the well, next thing. No one fucking cares anymore. And and the problem is that in order to grow their TV deals and their interest. They have to bring in new fans. But the problem is that their fan base is so fucking toxic, they tell they actively discourage people from watching the show. The funniest part to me is that it's not the talent suffers these half empty arenas, not because of shit that the talent does, but because in large part their fan base is so fucking toxic, people are like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't. Why am I going to invest money and time in a show? I'm not saying WWE doesn't have toxic fans. They absolutely do. And I'm not saying WWE doesn't deserve all the criticism they're getting right now over the Vince McMahon stories and the other stories. They absolutely do. And anybody who's found to be involved with that should be rooted out and fucking never work in the business again. But you can't just go and actively accuse people because you want it to be better for your company, and that's what's happening. That's the that's the toxicity of this fan base. They want to draw creations to blame people for stuff they're not involved in because it would be better for AEW's bottom line if they were. Dude, I bring my daughter, my eleven-year-old daughter, to a WWE event. And she gets into it, and she's like, oh, I hate Dominic Mysterio. Oh, he's such a... Right? And I, I love it. I love that. But there's nobody in the crowd being like, well, actually, he's playing a really good character right now, so you should just shut your mouth. But that's what they do with Dynamite! Well, you know what else your daughter's not seeing? Anybody fucking cut their fingers off with pizza cutters and shit. That too. I would never bring my daughter to a fucking AW show. Drinking blood and... Because it, 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 it's, like you said, not only is it a disgusting product, but also that fan base is vile, and nobody wants to be around them. They're, you know what it is, Sal? You know what it is, Sal? And you and I grew up in the heyday. It's the ECW crowd. No, it's, it's the what... ECW crowd. No, I'm so sick of people saying that. No, the ECW is. crowd had fucking purpose. Like... Yeah. No, no, no. They no, no. weren't. It's the ECW crowd, dude, because it's the them against it's it's us against the world. We got to unify for this product we love, and it's the people who just are never going to be happy, no matter what you do, until someone dies. Because no matter how far you push that envelope, they're going to want you to push it further. 
until you can't safely push it somewhere for the worker. And then you have to start working unsafe situations until somebody gets hurt badly. And that's what how, that's what ended up being with ECW. You get to a point where it's like, what the fuck else can you show me? And AEW will get there because this is the path they've chosen to walk. But ECW did it out of necessity. They were trying to be a different brand of wrestling. And they literally... They weren't copying WWE. AEW they were doing has told us they want things. to change the world, Sal. And they have failed on every aspect of that. Sure, <laughs> but they're absolutely trying to be a different brand. They claim that this new TV deal is going to make them no longer the new kid on the block, but a, a continued contender. Tony. No, it's not. This, yeah. Tony said this, yeah. No, it's, it's not. I wouldn't You're be not surprised the if they anymore, go to... Dude, but, I'm no. not. I'm not kidding you. I would not be surprised if they end up going to some low-grade fucking streaming service like Twitch. I think they'll get a good TV deal, but I think they'll get a TV deal far below what they thought they would get five years ago when they launched this one and said five years from now we'll be banking. Who are they getting a good TV deal from? They never turned a profit. They'll get a TV deal from Warner Bros. It just won't be for nearly as much as they thought they would. Because it is still a ratings draw on their network. They are winning their time slot. There is something to be said for that. But they're losing money. Their game was an utter disaster. Despite having how how much fucking time to put together that and delays and blah, 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 and still couldn't get it right. They're now talking about up in production costs because they're now talking about like nine to ten pay-per-views a year. Yeah. I will I will say this. Their first couple years in existence, and again it, it has to do with being new, but they would do okay on their attendance for their pay-per-views. They're not they're, doing okay. Oh no, their pay-per-views usually sell out. Their pay-per-views yeah. are fine. It's um, the weekly TVs that don't sell. So wasn't Revolution still had tickets available? <laughs> Not many. It was pretty much a sellout. Yeah, but this is Sting's fucking final match. It should have been a sellout from the beginning. This one, no, this one has sold well. Revolution has sold very well. Despite AEW's best efforts to make you not Big care. business has not sold well. Uh-huh. Right. Why would it? I already know who's going to be there. <laughs> but but that's the thing. Is like That's the other thing. Is everybody knows. So let's just announce it and see if that helps move some tickets. I would at this right. point. Uh, anyway, all right, we got predictions, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, you want me to read them? Hold on, let me pull it up. So Revolution has 16,084 tickets sold. They have 46 left available. Now, that's a technical sellout because, obviously, there there's a lot more seats than that in, in the uh, Greensboro Coliseum. But, yeah, that is, is good numbers for it. Mm-hmm. The... Um, Let's see, where's the fucking Big Business one? Big Business has 6,545 tickets distributed. They have about 725 left. But again, they only set up for 7,270, which is still less than what they did the last time they were for Blood and Guts, which was 8,900. So your your game changer that you signed, everyone knows is debuting, and you're still 2,000 tickets under what you had for your pay-per-view? And like two oh, weeks away. Yeah. No, Blood and Guts was on a dynamite, wasn't it? 
Oh, yeah. that's right. It was, yeah, yeah, with Dynamite Blood and Guts, yeah. Yeah. But that was that was just back last July. And yeah, but that that, <laughs> that speaks to the problems they're having with attendance, even for even mm-hmm. for their big hype shows like like Big Business, because in the past you would not have had this many problems moving tickets, and it seems like in that's the past, all you they do were now. Using smaller arenas, they run this at again as it's a sellout already. Sure. Yeah. And again, you every one of the comments is so. Oh, they're going to get a get a big walk up, or or they're going to get a, a big big boost after the pay per view. It's like why? Because the tickets will go on sale. Like, well, this or, show or, doesn't have an announced main event. You, you yeah. know what the big draw to this show is supposed to be, but you won't actually say it, so we don't know a hundred percent. Right. Exactly. You know. You know what sums up the AW fan base in one one quick tweet the guy who said hey why does AEW have to make money yeah why can't they just be good that's what your people that's what what people are dealing with like my god I read that and I felt dumber yeah they make money hand over fist but they still have a very entertaining product and AEW has neither of that speaking of Alright, so point your browsers to rundownwrestling.com You will at the top see the big revolution poster and you can join us in making your predictions for this weekend's pay-per-view. Put your name in the box and Troy will read whatever you put in there, so, you know, make it something funny, at least if you're going to go outside the box. You know, mm-hmm. Make us laugh. Next week. Make us laugh. Or Adam, whoever. Mm-hmm. Make us laugh. But, our first match... In quotations, all-star, I might have put a question mark afterwards, scramble match, we have Fat Cunt, which I assume is Jericho? Yes. Okay. Uh, Mr. Wardlow. <laughs> oh, fucking Dasha. Uh, Shithouse Hobbs. Lance Archer dragging the lifeless body of Jake Roberts. Mm. Hooker, which is Hook. Uh, Royd Cage, Brian Cage. Dante Martin, somehow an all-star. Fair not fair point. Uh, Magnus, no, not that one. Google this one unless you are not a real wrestling fan. <laughs> okay. Um, as well as some other mysteries. Uh, there are some question mark people in the background. So. No, the the question mark people were were Magnus and uh, Dante Martin. There's gonna be somebody else added to this match. I guarantee you, it's an AEW pay per view. Fucking Probably, no. Mustafa Ali or somebody that they think is going to pop the crowd by showing up is going to show up. Mm. But in any event, if we're going by just who's here, who do you have, Troy? Wardlow. Okay, Sal? I'm sorry, did, did that fucking show to actually name this thing the All-Star Scramble Match? Yes. Uh, so, so you have... Jericho, who, yes, sure, all-star. Wardlow, Hobbs, Archer, all TNT champions. No, it, maybe, I, don't, I don't even give a fuck who's in this match. The fact yeah. that they're doing this two weeks after the all-star game is pathetic. Um, Not to mention, you also have three of the people that were in the, the Meat Madness he, match in this match. He bought the rights to Round Ball Rock because they were doing a show from the Kia Forum. Mm-hmm. The old ABC, NBA on NBC. He bought that. Did he really? Yes. What a fucking loser. 
<laughs> Sorry. All right, who do you got in the match, though? Uh, let, let's go with Hobbs since he has the job to fucking uh, Osprey at the pay-per-view. Okay, I'm going to go as well as Troy with Wardlow because I think this is the mechanism by which they get Wardlow to the world title thing that they were talking about with. Wait, how is Hobbs in this Undisputed match? I thought he was fighting Will Osprey, or is that Takesh? Is that Takeshita? No, it's Takeshita. Okay. That's right. That, that's right. I forgot to mark. The winner of this match gets a world title shot. Of course yeah, they do. So, so Wardlow's probably my pick. Yeah. Uh, AEW Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Pocket Pussy, Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. <laughs> versus Roddy Snore. That's very accurate. With the Devil's Cum Dumpsters. <laughs> okay. They, they have uh, they have to Salvador. salvage this devil angle as best they can, so it's going to be Roddy Strong, right? That's my guess as well. Yeah. Troy, who do you got? I'm going Orange Cassidy because I don't believe that Tony wants to give up on his toy again. Fair point. Uh, AEW Women's Championship. Talentless Tony Storm. Oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Versus Deanna, soon to be on Rampage, Perazzo. Accurate. She already is. Uh, uh, I mean, full time. Sure. No, I am gonna on this one. I am gonna go with Tony Storm because Tony Khan has a new toy showing up, so he has no need for Deanna anymore. So mm-hmm. who you got? Uh, Tony Storm, easy. Troy. Yeah, yeah, it's Tony. Okay. Random ass tag match. Now, do you have to tag the ass? Is that the point of it? Did I? Probably. Or are they playing ass tag like freeze tag? <laughs> the, the name of this match is confusing me. Uh, FTR, bald and dude with bending charges. <laughs> Versus black guy coming club. Uh, Jesus Christ. John Fosley <laughs> and Claudio main eventer. Nice. Oh, God. Um, Troy, who do you got for this one? I'm going Blackpool. All right. And Sal. Oh uh, yeah, let's go Moxley and Claudia. Alright. I am gonna go FTR because they rarely have Moxley take the loss, but Claudio being in this match, they can pin him all day long. So I'm gonna go <laughs> FTR. Uh AEW TNT Championship. Christian Cage with Kill Heat. <laughs> wait, Nick Wayne? Nothing nothing for Nick Wayne? He's too boring. Oh, wait, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom was Christian's cum running down her leg. Okay. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, versus Daniel Garcia, the fuck happened to Adam Copeland? He's, He's hurt. Shocking, I know. I, I know. Let's just let's just streamline this process. Anybody got anyone other than Christian Cage in this match? No. Nah. It's okay. going to be Christian. All right. Uh, game changer match of the night. Will Ocean Spray versus Kanosuke take a shit on his push. Okay. <laughs> You're not I kidding. Think I think we've already done that by a lot. But, uh, again, anybody have anybody other than Will Ospreay here? Can, can anybody who watches the product regularly, Jason, um, explain <laughs> to me why um, this match is happening? Like, I know Don Callis said we're going to have a fight within the Callis family so that the Callis family is going to be the winner, but that's the dumbest thing I've so ever heard. that they can turn Will Ospreay face. Mm-hmm. Oh, at least that I'm makes... Sorry. Okay, okay. As an end result, fine, but why kayfabe, why, why have this match? 
Because if you're Don Callis and you have Will Ospreay, who do you think is the best opponent for him other than the best wrestlers in the world are in your stable, right? Sure. Okay. So it's a showcase. Okay. Uh, okay. Whatever. All right. Anyway, uh, Continental Crown Championship. If Danielson loses, he has to give Eddie a handy, which handshake, yes. Yeah, close. <laughs> it is a hand-related activity. Mm-hmm. Uh Eddie Queenston, I would have gone with Eddie Burger Kingston, uh, <laughs> versus Brian Bryanson. Uh, Sal, who you got in this one? I'm going to go with Kingston because Brian's like doing his farewell tour, so I'm sure he shakes Eddie's hand at the end of all this. Troy? Stop doing those lame-ass little fucking popcorn chops that... AEW seems to love to fucking do. Wait till you see Tomatonga. Oh, I know. I know he's done them too. That shit looks so fucking fake. And yeah, anyways, it's probably Kingston because, sure. I am going to go with Brian here only because, as you mentioned, Sal, it is his time is running out and he has never held a championship in AEW. So I think Tony will want to put some gold on him similar to sting before he is on his way out uh three-way for the aw world championship now why couldn't this be harley cameron Soraya, and fucking pick any of the other chicks um that works uh oh my god oh i heard jay versus mariah may i heard about that you know it was dueling it was dueling titty slaps it was i usually delete i usually delete collision but I might have to go. It was back on Rampage. Oh, it was on. Okay, I might still have that on the DVR. It was on Rampage. Mariah May, I, fucking yes, Chef's Kiss, great signing. Much better signing than fucking. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh, anyway, three-way for the AEW World Championship: Joey Samoe, Wang Man, Adam Page, and Swerve Strickland. I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am gonna go. Tough. I, I think it's too early to take the title off of Joe, and I think having Paige and Strickland obsessed with each other gives you the out that one of them costs the other the match. So I'm going to say uh, Samoa Joe holds on to the title. Sal, who you got? I would love for this company to get over the hump and, and make Swerve the champ. But they're not gonna, at least not 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 at Revolution. So, Joe retains. All right, Troy. I'm gonna go on a limb and say Adam Page. Oh, okay. Going completely the, against conventional wisdom. That's probably the worst book decision company, that they can make. So I guess that's <laughs> part of the course. Fair point. Remember when I used to pick the worst booking decisions and I got a lot <laughs> right? Right. Fair enough. Uh, Sting's retirement slash demise match for the tag team championships. Sting and his gimp defend the title against the Young Fucks. So, of course, Sting and Darby versus Matthew and Nicholas. Everyone knows how this match is ending. There has (laughs) never been a wrestler worse at character work than Nick Jackson. He's just completely unbelievable in everything he tries to do. Uh, You're Um, talking about Matt Jackson and Swerve. No, Matt Jackson's actually decent as a character performer. Uh, Nick is awful. Depends on which character. <laughs> All right, I am going with the Young Bucks. Sal, who you got? It's tough, cause, because Tony has never had Sting lose. 
Not even in multi-man matches. I don't. I don't think he's ever been a part of a losing team. So, could they have Sting retire with the tag titles and then they do a tournament? Sure, that's typically W bullshit. Uh, but it is the Bucks. Ah, uh, yeah, the Young Bucks will win them. All right, Troy, who you got? Yeah, it's the Bucks. All right. Well, that will do it. Hit submit, and you are in the queue. We will read the predictions next week when we... I don't know if we're even going to recap the show because half the fucking people won't watch it, but I, I'll talk about it a little bit, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the event. Uh, we'll, ta- we'll discuss the results next week, so thank you all in advance for participating in the predictions poll. Read the believe- little comment that... Tr- oh, no, that's good for the... No, you history. can't read that Okay, alright, alright, alright. That's, all right, that's right. just for people when they finish it. That's fine. That's just for people when they finish. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you to Sal. Thanks, Wait, I thought man. we had a game. Yeah, let's do a oh. game! Okay. Let's end with something good other than talking about fucking yeah. AEW. Okay. Hold on. Two, three, four. So I have... Let's do the movie game. Okay, I have six wrestlers who have all dabbled in Hollywood. Yeah. I'm going to provide you with uh, there's not really a competition between you two but make it a competition uh, I'm going to provide you with uh, some of their IMDB credits that are not WWE events um, I will say these are all people that have worked in WWE okay. they don't have to be active wrestlers or anything like that so Jason I'm going to give you a rundown of this individual's uh, IMDb credits that I found and you're going to try to take a guess at who it is. Okay. Pacific Blue, The Drew Carey Show, Grown Ups, The Bernie Mac Show, The Chaperone, Blade Trinity. Trinity. That would be Triple H? That is correct. It is Triple H. So, hmm. Money Plane, Interrogation, Highlander Endgame, Vikings, Haven, Percy Jackson, the Olympians. Edge? It's Adam Copeland, actually. When he was cast those roles, he was Edge. Except for Percy Jackson. Uh, Jason, Saving Christmas, The Opposite Sex, Army of the Damned, Mother Hen. Tag me, tag me, tag me in. Fuck. Um, are these all the credits, or just no? He, he specifically picked uh, certain ones. I specifically picked certain ones that wouldn't give it away too much. The Miz. No. Batista. No. He was in Army of the Dead. He was in Army of the Dead. I said Army of the Damned. Oh. I will. Oh my god. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you one last hint. She takes her tits out in the opposite sex. Uh, 
uh, Lana. No? Maria Maria Canellas. Oh, oh. She was in all those movies? <laughs> yeah. All right, so. All right. Uh, she'll tell you why she was so underappreciated in all those movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, this, uh, this one I just... Right. Young Rock, Rumble. I've never heard of this. Will Sliney's Storytellers, Billions, and the Marine Six Close Quarters. Um, Tony Atlas. No, Jason. <laughs> Um, he was in Young Rock, so I figured. So obviously, when you say Marine Six, I immediately jump to the Miz. However, as somebody who's been a mark for the Marine series movies, the Miz's character had his old drill instructor by his side, who was played by Shawn Michaels. That's cool, but Shawn Michaels was not in Billions. Becky Lynch was. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I forgot Becky Lynch was in the Marine Six. That's right. <laughs> wow, I forgot about too. that. Okay. All right, Jason, is this your turn now? Probably. Yes. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say you. You're gonna get this one. Side hustle. The main event. The Marine Six close quarters. The Marine Five battleground. The Marine Four moving target. Okay, it's the Miz. <laughs> Santa's little helper and sirens. Yes, it's a Miz. <laughs> and Sal, last but not least, three. Just just three non WDB IMDB entrants. Poltergeist the Legacy. Something called Downtown. And Suburban Commando. The Undertaker. Yes, sir. Nice. <laughs> I noticed you I didn't like, say it's a big, big show, show, show. <laughs> no, I did not. I think that would have given it away because I think there's only <laughs> one other wrestler in that. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Yeah, that, was that, that, that will not be the last time we do that because okay. I feel like uh, there's uh, there's a lot that we can we can take of that. Sure. I thought about doing uh, La Knight. But he is in so many fucking obscure goddamn movies <laughs> that I'm just like I was like there I can just I could just make up titles right. and you would be able to get it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So yeah. All right. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Troy. Thank you for everyone listening. Thank you for everyone who is participating in our revolution predictions. We'll be back next week to I guess talk about <laughs> who won those matches. But with that, Jason, why don't you go ahead and sit us home? So, write this down so you know it next time I'm not here. I guess that means we will run your ass down next time. Bye. 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 Bye.